Pittsburgh. I went to Kiss last night and didn't leave till. They didn't go on till 8.45. I'm like, come on, let's get this early bird thing going here. <laughs> yeah. You guys are in your 70s. What are you guys doing? How was that? Jeans platform worked. Everything Jeans. went off without a <laughs> Jeans platform worked, yep. It is funny, though, to see a 72-year-old man thrusting his codpiece in yeah. spandex. <laughs> at you. Yeah, almost. at me, yes. <laughs> um, but it was a pretty subdued crowd. I mean, it's a Wednesday night, which Paul did address from stage. Saying. Like, I, I figured he would make a hump day joke, but he didn't. What did he say? He just said, I know. It's Wednesday night. You got school and work. <laughs> you can make it to Friday. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's four minutes after six at DVE. Here is the Channel 11 Severe Weather. And Severe Weather Center 11. I think this is the last of the super warm days, so um, get out and enjoy it if you can. 64 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Another decision could come today on more COVID vaccine boosters for millions of people. An FDA advisory committee will vote on approving a second shot from Johnson & Johnson. Yesterday, the panel recommended a half dose from Moderna for seniors and those at high risk, the same groups eligible for a Pfizer booster. The FDA should rule within days, leaving it to the CDC to vote next. That committee meets next week. Former President Bill Clinton is on the mend as he recovers from a urological infection. He was admitted to a California hospital on Tuesday and is said to be doing better and in good spirits. He was in the Los Angeles area for private events related to his charitable organization. Clinton has dealt with several health issues since leaving office, including a quadruple bypass in 2004 and stents implanted in 2010. Robert Durst faces life in prison when he's sentenced today. That's after the New York real estate empire heir was convicted of killing Susan Berman in the Los Angeles area more than 20 years ago. Berman was set to talk with authorities about the disappearance of Durst's first wife. Durst has denied killing both women. Robert Durst case first became famous in the HBO documentary <laughs> The Jinx, which if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. I killed him. I killed them all. Uh, Pittsburgh Public Safety is asking motorists to move over and slow down for any vehicle with flashing lights parked on the roadside. Saturday is move over day in Pennsylvania. To remind drivers, the law requires them to move over for any vehicle on the side of the road with flashing lights. Pennsylvania requires drivers approaching emergency response vehicles to move over or pass at a speed of no more than 20 miles per hour. Motorists who do not comply with the move-over law are subject to fines reaching up to $2,000 for multiple offenses. More schools are creating girls' wrestling programs, pushing it closer to being recognized as a sport across the Commonwealth. Pennsylvania Interscholastic Athletic Association previously stated it will sanction girls' wrestling as a sport once 100 schools add programs. The Newport School District in Perry County, the most recent district to add a program and the 16th in the state to do so. Students from Newport High School say this shows other girls that it's not just a guy sport, that anyone can do it and the sky's the limit. Coaches from the district say they're going to get the girls as many competitions as possible and even host their own. They're also urging other schools to follow suit. There was a girl that I went to high school with that wrestled. And obviously there was no women's wrestling program Mm -hmm. so she just wrestled dudes yeah and won a lot Mm -hmm. she was a 
tank. <laughs> I was like, man, I knew even then. I was like, this is, this is crazy. This is not normal. Like she's going out there and just throwing dudes around. It was it was pretty awesome to watch. I mean, people would go and root for her because, you know, the guys get out there, they start talking trash, mm-hmm. and then they just get pinned. It was it was awesome to watch. Uh, new study says Americans drank and smoked more, exercised less, and logged more screen time after the pandemic hit. No surprise there. Researchers mm-hmm. at UCLA found alcohol consumption increased by 23% and smoking by 9% compared to pre-pandemic levels. Exercise fell by almost a third and screen time jumped by 60%. The study says almost 80% of Americans looked at a screen for more than four hours a day during the pandemic. I guess they don't count work hours as mm. part of that. But mm-hmm. uh, in music news, Government Mule set to do their traditional New Year's run of shows, playing in Philly December 29th, and then the Beacon Theater in New York City December 30th and 31st. Jamie Lee Curtis out with a new Halloween movie just in time for the holiday. Halloween Kills is the latest sequel in the horror franchise and brings Curtis back as Laurie Strode. The starring role she made famous in 1978 in Halloween Kills, Strode is now in pursuit of Michael Myers. The film is in theaters today and also streaming on Peacock. Do you watch those? Like, did I, I feel like you love the Halloween movie? Oh yeah, I mean, I don't think I saw every one because after a while they got yeah. You know, How many are there? I mean, this I is a know. lot. Like the Jason movies, it's just it's too much. It takes a really good premise. And then makes it almost ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's pretty... Almost? Cartoonish. Yeah, <laughs> completely ridiculous. This one, I mean, the, the previews that I've seen, this one looks good, but I think everything's in the dark. Like, it's all at night, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't begrudge anybody who likes these movies. I told you I watched Fright Night the other night, and I had mm-hmm. as much fun watching that as any horror movie in a long time, mostly because of the 80s aspect of it. Yeah. And also, Bill, it was filmed on the lot at Warner Brothers, where you and I went back with Steve when we did the episode of Sullivan and Son. Yeah, we, we made our television debut. That's right. So mm-hmm. it was kind of fun to see. I'm like, oh, that's the street, you know. Um, but <laughs> the Halloween and the Friday the 13th, I think after the third one of each of those, yeah, yeah. I'm, I was kind of lost. And also, I... I discounted how much I enjoy watching horror movies because mm-hmm. every time I watch one, I really like it. Yeah. And I've heard so many comedians talk about their love of horror for so long, particularly like Dana Gould and uh, everyone surrounding his podcast, Gilbert Gottfried and all those guys, too. And the reason is, is there's so much commonality between laughing and being scared and the tension and the release. Mm-hmm. Surprise. Yeah. And that kind of, you know, it kind of if you Jones to laugh you can kind of get a little bit of a kick out of the horror movies, too. And typically, they're kind of funny also. Yeah. Um, but when they're really bad, I don't know that I get that same kind of enjoyment. Other than if you're watching with somebody else, you get to pick it apart. I used to watch, like, every horror movie in the 80s. And mm-hmm. then if you go back and watch them, like, the one that stands out to me as the worst, looking back, is Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like with Pinhead. pinhead. And yeah, it, pinhead. Watching it now, it's like, this movie is so bad. 
They used to scare the bejesus out of me, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was also a thing when you were pre-16 years old that it started to be like you could sneak in and watch an R-rated movie. You'd get a shot of a... Look, as a guy, you'd get a shot of a boob. There'd be at least <laughs> a always, boob. Right, always there always boobs. is an horror movie. There's Somebody's boob. in the shower. And uh, it was a good thing to watch with girls because in your head, because you're so stupid, you're like, <laughs> the girl will be scared and she'll... Right into my arms. Scared right into my arms, which is like the dumbest thing. No, it, no they're not. At all. But we've talked about this before. We had those places in Erie that were viewing houses for, you know, the dawn of the VCRs Mm -hmm. where you would pay to go into a closet. And I mean a closet that had a bench and a TV. That's so weird. Close the door and you could pay. You'd pay for a two person room or a four person room. And. Like the four one, you're right on time. That I, sounds like a horror movie in the making right, right there. Right. Kind of, but it was like the ultimate date night thing to do when you were a kid because you couldn't go to anybody's house when you were that young. Mm-hmm. You wanted to make out and go somewhere. This was the perfect kind of place. And the one was named <laughs> Maxwell's, I know, but I don't remember. What, there was another one, but I don't remember what it was. And we would go all the time. And you would see all the movies. And for you kids now, we get to stream everything. I'm telling you right now, listen to an old. There was a real beauty that you're missing out on, much like record stores, when you would go through and look at CDs or records for or cassette tapes. Really, was what my first, you know, venture into it with with vinyl. But you serpentining through the aisles, hours and hours, just and that was its own form of entertainment. And going to those movie rental places, you would look at this big book full of movies, and you just couldn't believe. I can watch any of these <laughs> flipping pages. Oh, yeah. Going, look at that. Oh, my God. Repo Man. Yes. <laughs> Men at work. <laughs> sure. Well, that was like, for me, it would, it would have been pre-Men at work. You know, it was more like the Halloween and stuff like that. Like, you know, the the late 70s stuff that I couldn't watch at home where I was like, mm-hmm. I'm finally going to get to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. Part two was great. Well, the reason... Part two was better than part one. Oh, yeah, Like The, the reason, to, for me at least, that, that Halloween or Jason or any of those movies where there was a ton of them were so scary at the beginning is like, all right, there's some guy who they don't know why is killing people, and then you're sort of like finding out the backstory. Once you find out how that character came to be, for me at least, the story is over. Like it's it's sort of like this this guy that's terrorizing a town and catching the, everybody by surprise. To, oh yeah, that's Michael Myers. Now we're gonna go hunt him. What? No. Yeah, the towns only have three thousand people, and it's like I don't know why they have such a hard time figuring out who did the murder. If someone got murdered in those little towns, they'd be like, well, that was Michael Myers. Was it you, Steve? Okay, it wasn't Steve. <laughs> The Rob Zombie remake of Halloween is really good. That's what everyone says. Yeah. So you'd be able to check that out this year if you want to be scared. Forecast today, partly sunny. Going to be close to 80 again today, and I think today is the last one of 80. Then we're more seasonable in the 60s. But What's tomorrow? In the 60s and chance of rain. Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, 64 degrees now at DVE. All right, on the way for you later this morning, Dave Damashek will be joining us. Also, Sean Collier's movie reviews 
Bill and I will have our weekend picks for you. And I'm mad because, I, I you know, I'm kind of under the weather a little bit. It's not COVID, but um, I had a really kind of heavy head cold. And um, I couldn't be here yesterday to show you my pick of taking the points and the Eagles last night. Bill was screaming oh, out of the I, hallway. I thought I, something was wrong. Something was wrong. I mean, like Tom really, Brady like... didn't cover. I Knew hate Brady again. I hate him. Knew it was going to happen. Um, there, there was no. They weren't in that game at all at any point. And then all they didn't break a hundred total yards of offense until the fourth quarter. The game was out of hand. The, the announcers for the entire game, Aikman and Buck, are saying. This hasn't even been competitive. They're not even in this. The The Buccaneers are moving the ball at will. Well, maybe if you talk to your bookie, he'll understand that, Bill. It's unbelievable. You they got went for two back, and, and converted. Backdoored. They backdoored. Oh. Their, they backdoored. Well, look, if you're a, a, an Eagles fan, you love it because they went for two for you. They went for two so your bet would cover. And uh, it did. Unbelievable. I had Antonio Brown to score a touchdown last night, and then I knew that that would probably hit, so I put it on for him to score two touchdowns, and I'm guessing he didn't get the fourth touchdown. I haven't no. looked. No. Uh, it was, you know, that that was the thing that kind of made last night a wash is I knew that they were going to run the ball, so I had Fournette with 75 yards and the Buccaneers win, so that kind of covered me, but I could have won way more. Instead, uh, I just didn't make any money. It's fun watching you become a gambler. Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> Michael, have your sports at the bottom of the hour. Sean Casey later this morning. Uh, also, the Pittsburgh Ash Spreading Kings for you. Coming up, it's the DVE. ER.com slash radio. DVE Sports. Mike Masuda with your sports now on the DVE Morning Show. Another day, more relative good news for the Steelers as they get set to host the Seahawks on Sunday at Heinz Field. Second consecutive day of full participation in practice for linebacker Devin Bush and cornerback Cam Sutton. Looking like those guys are going to be able to play. Always nice to have a couple of defensive starters available, particularly when Sutton wasn't available last Sunday against Denver. Limited for a second consecutive day, Chase Claypool and James Washington. Claypool, I'm assuming, is... More maintenance. He was on uh, a snap count against the Broncos. So he should be available in some capacity. Washington missed the Denver game trying to get back. Uh, Both of those guys uh, would be useful considering Juju Smith-Schuster's not going to play. On the Denver side, uh, running back Chris Carson Neck did not participate for the second straight day. He didn't play in Denver's last game against the Rams a week ago yesterday. And wide receiver DK Metcalf downgraded from limited to did not practice with a foot problem. Ooh. That's huge. Seattle already won't have Russell Wilson take out DK Metcalf. And presumably it gets easier. But uh, the Steelers aren't looking at it in those terms. Linebacker. Joe Schobert, one of the players dealing with the media yesterday, and uh, Schobert uh, adamant that uh, just because it's Geno Smith instead of Russell Wilson, a quarterback, the Steelers aren't about to let down. Um, I think Mike T doesn't really allow that to happen. So when you're in the meetings in the morning, there's none. Uh, it's uh, that's not the that's not how things are presented to us. That's not how the information is presented to us, and. Uh, 
He's been with the offense coordinator for a couple years in two different cities, so I know they're going to be comfortable running their normal offense with him. Um, so we're preparing like normal. Yeah, Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator, is expecting the normal offense schematically. That's what they always do, though. They always say that. Yeah. He, well, although, in this case, uh, Geno Smith is a move quarterback in the mold of Russell Wilson. They can play the same type of game. I'm not for a minute suggesting Geno Smith is Russell Wilson, but it's not like they're putting a statue back there. Right. And they all of a sudden have to go to a quick passing game or something such as that. Here's uh, Keith Butler. He hadn't played a lot of plays, so we're, we're guessing a little bit in terms of uh, what they're going to do. But for the most part, I think most, you know, if we lose a guy on defense, we don't change a whole lot. Because if you change a whole lot, then everybody's got to remember something else. Somebody's got to, and if you got to remember, remember something else, you're going to make mental mistakes. And you make mental mistakes, it's going to screw everybody up. So I think they'll uh, try to stay with uh, what they do offensively. Now, I mentioned Juju Smith-Schuster not available for the Steelers. That'll be the case the rest of the year. And emotionally, that has hit the Steelers hard. Uh, Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, the latest yesterday to bemoan the absence of Juju Smith-Schuster. We're not going to replace him at all. I mean, it's what he brings to our team and the intangibles he has. I mean, I've talked about him before. It's, it's, a, you know, it's a huge loss to us, non-football-wise to me. He did everything he does, everything he is, how hard he plays. Um, as far as how we, you know, his catches and those things, we'll we'll spread those out, you know, throughout personnel sets, throughout game plans, of course, the season. We'll just see how that goes. Steelers uh, almost uh, in tribute to Juju Smith-Schuster this week. Seems like it in their comments. Befitting, you know, despite all of the noise that you hear in, you know, circles on social media, he is a beloved player in the locker room and quickly became veteran presence even though he's only 25 years old or whatever the hell he is he kind of seemed like an elder statesman at a very young age yeah we talked to uh, merrill hodge on the preview show uh, that i do with matt williamson on thursday nights last night we always have merrill on and he talked about the blocking and how juju is the only wide receiver on the steelers who really aggressively goes after mm-hmm. it every time and merrill said that when you watch that on film that's where the respect comes from. You see how hard that guy's playing and the dirty work he's willing to do, and you want to do it back. Right. It's a. It's infectious. But Twitter says he's not good. Yeah, well. But he does TikTok. Yeah. 28-22, uh, Buccaneers over the Eagles last night. Uh, Bill, I felt your pain as well. Oh. Eagles uh, get outgained in the game, three ninety nine to two thirteen. Tampa had the ball thirty nine minutes and fifty six seconds. That's twenty minutes and four seconds of possession time for Philadelphia. Buccaneers were up twenty one. They end up winning by six after the Eagles get a touchdown in the fourth quarter and go for two for some reason. I don't know. Maybe to cover the seven. Probably Unreal. not. Real. Probably not. I think that is why. And then the game ends with Tampa Bay taking a couple of knees after achieving a first and goal from the Philadelphia Six at the two-minute warning. Oh, it was infuriating. Why don't they just score? You know, it's too bad they didn't have some kind of stupid stat for Antonio Brown, like on uh, the five for 50. He he had uh, caught two touchdowns on five consecutive Thursday night games or some some such crap. (laughs) Could have just lobbed him a fade, keep him happy and motivated. They didn't do it. The Eagles rushed one time in the first half for one yard. I mean, they didn't do anything all night long. Yeah. 
And yet. And yet covered. There you go. <laughs> Pens lose in Florida 5-4. to four. Uh, They did get a loser point, but it was 4-2 to two Pittsburgh after Evan Rodriguez' second goal of the season at 8-31 of the third period. You'd like to think if you were structurally sound and uh, defensive-oriented, you could protect a two-goal lead in the third period. The Pens could not. They fall to uh, 1-0-1 on the season. Jeff Carter scored his first of the season, number 400 in his career. Penguins are back in action on Saturday night against Chicago, the home opener. Great baseball game last night, Game 5, Giants and Dodgers. L.A. wins it 2-1. to one. Cody Bellinger, an RBI single in the ninth inning, decides it. The Dodgers started a couple of relievers. They started a reliever, went to another reliever, and Max Scherzer ended up getting the save. They did it in reverse. They did it in reverse. <laughs> we did see one standout pitching performance. Uh, Giants starter Logan Webb. Seven innings, four hits, one run, one walk, and seven Ks. He was an old-school horse in a deciding game, but uh, couldn't quite outlast L.A. Dodgers advanced to the National League Championship Series against the Braves. Game one in that matchup will be Saturday night. ALCS begins tonight. The Red Sox are at the Astros. And in college football, West Virginia and Penn State are off. Pitt has uh, a real interesting game coming up at 3.30 Saturday at Virginia Tech. Panthers are four and one overall, one and zero in the ACC. Tech is three and two, one and zero in the ACC. Tech has knocked off North Carolina at home. I think Carolina was number ten at the start of the season, and lost by three to Notre Dame at home. Notre Dame, I think, is still a pretty good team. This this is going to be kind of a revealing game for Pitt. Has Pitt turned a corner? Is Pitt better than we've come to expect, or does Pitt go down there and be Pitt? It's a tough place to play, and it's a it's a good team, especially at home. Blacksburg. Panthers taking Beautiful that. campus. What a gorgeous school it is. And Pitt attending to every detail, practicing yesterday with uh, Enter Sandman blaring. That's the uh, Virginia Tech entrance music. That is really a, a production when they take the field at home, mm-hmm. and they, they crank that up. That place explodes. Good times. Pitt's been doing that all along, picking the other team's favorite music and you know for road games. Mm-hmm. What's Pitt's music? Sweet Caroline. I don't know. <laughs> do they still do that. I think so. Yeah, just beginning of Detroit Rock City, over and over and over. That's sports. Val, what's up? Well, if you are prepping to go back to the office, or maybe you already have, do you miss your family or your dog more? We'll talk about that coming up. Dave Damashek gets you ready for Sunday's game. Pat Fryermuth on the show, 815. Move. The Pittsburgh Ash Spreading Kings for you <laughs> later this morning. And also, Bill and I have our week six picks coming up. It's the DB Morning Show. And joining us right now via Los Angeles, California, host of the uh, or co-host of the Extra Points podcast and the Minus Three podcast, our friend from uh, from Pittsburgh yesteryear, Dave Damashek, ladies and gentlemen. Dave, good morning. Ooh. How are I you, mean, buddy? I'm still alive. Are you I here? didn't die yet. I'm not, you're giving me the business Pittsburgh yesteryear. How about I'm Pittsburgh tomorrow? I can get on a plane right now and see you then. Well, let's see <laughs> you do it. Let me tell you this. Great news for the people of uh, of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Those who have circled Mina Kimes, you know, her big uh, national football voice, as a Steelers hater. That's why she's been identified as that. 
You must listen to minus three at your earliest convenience. She has some very nice things to say about the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially one number 97, Cam Hayward. Before we jump into Gino, the Big Ben Bowl, that greatest QB7 versus QB7 matchup in the history of people. (laughs) I know the sports year hasn't been great. Let's see what Kenny Pickett and company do in Blacksburg. Let's see what the Steelers do against the Seahawks. But it hasn't been great so far. As a reminder, there exist teams on uh, what what is it? Uh, clowns to the left of us, jokers to the right. Let's look at Philadelphia. As a reminder, Penguins fans, black and gold fans, the Philadelphia Flyers won a Stanley Cup in 1975, 46 years ago. Caps, Lightning three times, Devils four times, Ducks. Bullets, who aren't the Bullets anymore, now they're the Wizards. The Raptors, the Marlins twice, the Blue Jays, the Nationals, the Seahawks, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twice have all won titles since the last time the Philadelphia Flyers won a championship. We're in the catbird seat. Why? Because we're not (laughs) Flyers fans. See, remember, things could always be worse, everybody. It's real good perspective that we really do need. We need that right now. Um but going into this weekend, I have to tell you that I think the tune has changed a little bit, or the tone anyways, in Pittsburgh, because the gift from the football gods that is Geno Smith starting this mm-hmm. Sunday night gives us a real good chance of pulling to three and three after this one with a week off to get right. And Big Ben told us it's not going to be pretty. It's going to take us a while. The defense was supposed to be better than they are to help us get to this point. And four and two. Would you have uh, shaken a stick at four and two? No. You're one away from that. Three and three. Not that big of a deal. And if you really legitimately can turn this offense around and get Najee going, well, I mean, what's a better elixir than the team that has to travel across the country on Sunday night to play within the confines of Heinz Field? And when they hear Renegade rattling, Well, you know, it's just over. Well, you know my feelings on Renegade. It's time to turn the page. We need Iron Man. Sabbath won the game last weekend. Everybody will get into that, but let's not get bogged down on negativity right now. uh, That's what I'm trying to be positive. This isn't the time for it. I'm trying to to evoke your voice in positivity here. Oh, I hear it. No, I understand that, and I appreciate it. I'm saying I almost went down that rabbit hole, and we haven't the time for it, fellas. Nope. You're exactly right, Bauman. The football gods, for whatever reason, in their uh, in their weird ways, they decided not to smile upon Kevin Colbert's plan going into the 2021 season, which is to say, as Big Ben himself said, it's going to be a slow go of things coming out of the gate with the O-line and the offense. The defense has to carry the day. The football gods took away T.J. Watt and Joe Hayden and otherwise and Stephon Tewitt and uh, Alu Alu and everybody else. Okay, we we have a shot, though, at 3-3. Three and three. Would we be better off if we could have stolen that Raiders game? And by the way, sorry if it's uh, being childish. I'm a little raw that we got the Raiders before the whole Gruden scandal because it would be better we got them after. But that, that's not the main thrust of that story. That's not the point there either. But I, for the record, be better to be playing them this week than before. Anyhow, that we are where we are. We must get. We can't live life in the rearview mirror. Bauman, you know how I where, how I feel about this. It is the journey. It's not the destination. 
every autumn football season rolls around and it means more to the residents on the banks of the three rivers than it does anywhere else in football america nay the big blue marble if we can get the three and three now we get a fortnight's worth of optimism now we're to halloween and where are we going we're going to play the 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 clans the cleveland brownies and who knows what happens there it's possible, everybody. That's what we want. We want hope. And we have a chance at hope if we can merely take down Geno Smith and the Seahawks, who have the worst defense in all of football, and I'm including the Kansas City Chiefs. Take care of business. Let's get the 500. Let's rest up. Let's get right, not just physically, emotionally, and spiritually, yeah. and yeah. get things on track and see where the rest of the season and number seven's right arm takes us. I like it. Hey, man. Yeah. And Wait, the Ravens? The, the Ra- I know they're 4-1. and one. They, they, they had to rally ridiculously to beat the bum Colts. You think the Browns are a real team with Baker Mayfield? That's what's supposed to send a chill up our spine? The Bungles? It's doable. And it, this, is not, this is not pie-eyed optimism. This is, I mean, look at the NFC East in 2020. Somebody had to win that. It's not that bad in the AFC North this year, <laughs> but there ain't no 16-1 and one team in that, in that group there. It's doable. Eh. Let's get through the Seahawks, eh. then take care of business within the division. We're already 0-1 on that front. Let's take care of business going forward and see where we land. Lamar Jackson, distinct, awesome, world, you know, all-time talent. Look at the rest of that team, though. It ain't that great, everybody. We can get it done. We just have to beat the Seahawks, and then we'll revisit it next week, and we'll see where we are. I suspect the nation will see number seven in black and gold vanquish Gino in whatever that those colors of blue and the green or whatever crap they wear. Dave, I have one more thing for us to get excited about for Sunday night. It, they are honoring all of the Hall of Fame inductees this year. So Troy will be in the house. Cowers Chin will be in the house. Donnie Shell will be in the house. Bill Nunn's family will be in the house. Alan Fanica will be in the house. Big Ben isn't throwing up a dud in front of those guys in prime time. I mean, listen. Ben Roethlisberger, I am positive, deep in his soul, understands, and he says it into a microphone week after week, despite the fact that, oh, he's selfish and he points fingers. Haven't heard a lot of that stuff, so people have moved on to something else. Okay, not great shakes in Lambeau specifically. That's the one game that I circle his name and say that's the reason they lost. Did you see him play last week? Did you see him throw some nice passes? He knows himself. He is not a uh, 50-throws-a-game guy to carry the team. Good news, though, the rest of the team is good. That offensive line is rounding into shape. Najee Harris is for real. Nice pass catchers, um, uh, despite number 19 not being out there. Wonderful stuff, though, um, in the community and great speech and spirit and everything else. Uh, We appreciate you, Juju. The defense must now rise up, fellas. This is the trick. We We keep talking about it. Well, the offensive line and is Roethlisberger too old and can he throw and can they catch? The defense must step up. I don't care about the absences. I get it. Those are excuses. Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, Melvin Ingram, and the rest of them. That's got to be enough to be able to shut down most pro football teams, at least to the extent 
that the Steelers outscore them, and that certainly should be the case against Geno Smith and the worst defense in pro football. Dave Damashek, Minus 3 Podcast, Extra Points Podcast, Steeler fan, optimist. I- 1975 for the Flyers. Pittsburgh. Uh, and yes, it was only a few months ago that we were talking about a movie called Pig. First time I was like, what? Is this what we're doing? I think a second time around, I'd be all in on Pig. As I was all in on Lamb, which is just as weird. There's a lonely couple in uh, Iceland. The one you might recognize is New. If you stop the, the description right there, yeah. the name of the movie is Lamb, Lonely Couple in Iceland. Don't think I'd watch it. Terrifying. And yet, and yet they have a farm. They're sad, and then one of their sheep gives birth to a half-human, half-lamb thing. I'm in. When we're back in, the head is a lamb, and one one hoof, and the rest is a little child. And they look at each other for a minute, and they kind of shrug, and they just start raising the lamb as their own child. Well, wasn't the wife kind of like, what are you even doing to the goats? (laughs) (laughs) Taking care of business. (laughs) Every day. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Whoa, Black Betty, half a lamb. Whoa, Black Betty. Andy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Sean Collier last week with his review of Lamb. We'll see if they've come out with a sequel yet. He'll be on the show in about 10 <laughs> minutes or so. Val's got a news update for you now. Steeler Friday here on DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center for On Severe Weather Center 11. 65 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Keystone Basement Systems, highest rated, most trusted, keystonebasementsystems.com. Western Pennsylvania motorists have a new stretch of highway to travel today. Interstate 576, also referred to as the Southern Beltway, opens to travelers today, connecting Route 22 to I-79. At a ribbon-cutting ceremony yesterday, local leaders celebrated the project and talked of the travel time it will for Washington County residents to get to the Pittsburgh airport. And speaking of the airport, ground has been broken for what will become a new landside terminal for Pittsburgh International. At a ceremony yesterday, Airport Authority CEO Christina Casotis said the event was not about breaking ground in a building or complex so much as it was about breaking ground on the region's future. Planners expect the effort to create about 5,500 construction jobs with the work to be completed in 2025. More worker strikes are looming over the fight for better pay and benefits. In the Midwest, more than 10,000 John Deere employees walked off the job yesterday. Kellogg cereal workers picketing for a second week in Michigan, Nebraska, here in PA and Tennessee. About 60,000 production workers in Hollywood are prepared to strike on Monday if progress isn't made this weekend. And more than 24,000 health care workers at Kaiser Permanente could soon do the same in California and Oregon. Officer Kevin Coates of the Sterling Heights Police Department in Michigan was out on the roads doing his job. He pulled over a speeder. It was a 79-year-old man named David, and it turned out to be an unusual traffic stop. David was visibly upset, crying, and explaining that his wife was in bad health and their adult son had special needs. David also explained he was driving around at night to different stores asking for help with a new television that he just couldn't get connected and set up properly. Well, Officer Coates let David off with a warning and promised he'd stop by his home later that evening to help. Sure enough, about an hour later, Coates and two other officers arrived at David's home and set up the television. The officers were praised on the department Facebook account for doing an outstanding job and stepping outside the box, going (laughs) above and beyond what they normally do to help. 
Well, dog owners who have been working from home during the pandemic but have returned to the office or maybe are getting ready to say they're going to miss their dogs more than they'll miss their family members. (laughs) A survey conducted by Bark found that 70% of dog owners will miss their pets when they have to go back to the office. Comparatively, only 43% said they'll miss their spouse. Less than that will miss their kids, 39%. Dog owners probably aren't too surprised by that. 73% say the pandemic brought them closer together. Well, um, yeah, there's a vulnerability to the dogs that makes it a different relationship. Mm-hmm. Like they really, they can't eat without you. You know, mm-hmm. your family can go to the fridge. Yeah. Also, like a lot less conversation. And sometimes <laughs> and that's arguments. what you're trying to get away right. from. <laughs> All of the talking. I thought you were bringing Booker in the other day. I was gonna, but he was like, I just, he barks every time you laugh. Like, it would take him a day to get comfortable, and I feel like it would be annoying for the listeners. But I'll try it. Well, he barked at home, so what's the difference? Bring him in. Yeah, but then more distractions. Yeah. There's more of us laughing. I might need to give you a, like, jar of treats in order for him to do it. Oh, I would take that. Sure. And he'll just sit by you. (laughs) That would be okay. Um, A woman suing Bill Cosby in New Jersey, accusing him of drugging and raping her in 1990. Lily Bernard says she first met him on the set of The Cosby Show when he offered to be her mentor before assaulting her in an Atlantic City hotel room. The lawsuit says Bernard started to lose consciousness after drinking a non-alcoholic drink made by Cosby and remembers telling him no. Bernard says Cosby threatened to derail her career if she told anyone uh, she's one of 60 women who have accused Cosby of sexual abuse. 60. Dating back to the 1960s. He was found guilty of sex crimes here in PA in 2018 and sentenced to 10 years. That was before his conviction was overturned in June of this year. Cosby maintains his innocence. This woman came forward years ago but has now filed this lawsuit. She alleges to have suffered post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, nightmares, severe physical pain, and multiple other permanent injuries. She is seeking an amount no less than $25 million in damages. Roger Waters has tied the knot for the fifth time. He made the announcement yesterday. The 78-year-old Waters says her name is Camilla Chavis. She's 43. He adds that he is so happy. Finally a keeper. Yeah. Only took five tries. We'll see. He's, you know, he may make it a few more years to find another one that's a keeper. He posted pictures on the Internet. It was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Like, he looks really old. He looks really old. Mm-hmm. She looks like his nurse. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Do they change uh, the language? Like, as you get up there in marriages, like, do they start saying, like, all right, well, listen, I mean, do you, I mean, do you take this person for like a, a couple of years or? It's, yeah, till death do you part. It's like, till, till yeah, he dies. I mean, till, till he I don't dies. Know, till you, or you guys have an argument that he can't yeah, get over. Until you find somebody you think you like better. Uh, They met in October of 2016 when she was his driver over two weekends at the Desert Trip Festival near Palm Springs, California. He says, I was in the same place for two weeks. We were being transported between the hotel and the stadium. My security guard would sit with her and they'd talk while I was in the back. I don't know. Something attracted me. One day I said, excuse me, did someone ever tell you you have beautiful cheekbones? I saw a small reaction and that was the beginning. Uh, their ceremony took place at his uh, Long Island estate. So good luck to those kids. Excuse me. Would you like it if I became your mentor? 
Isn't that the weirdest thing about the Cosby stories? He offered to be her mentor. That seems like his M.O. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. But back to the Roger Waters thing. Uh, You know, look, if there's a way to look good at 70, whatever, he looks he looks like he's he's, you know, in good shape for an old fella. Not quite Paul McCartney. Well, he doesn't look like he's had any procedures done. Paul does. Yeah. Paul had some of his uh, Basset Hound bags <laughs> taken off. <laughs> but whatever. The rockers, more power to them. You know, have fun. Uh, the new Rolling Stones Fisher Price toys are temporarily out of stock. The toy company released their special edition Rolling Stones figurines in time for Christmas. The Little People collector set includes two and a half inch tall replicas of the four band members, including a Mick Jagger figurine with the red tongue logo and a little Keith Richards with a red headband. Figurines are currently sold out, but Amazon says they're working to get more in stock as soon as possible. Keith Richards one should be a lighter. (laughs) (laughs) Zippo. Partly sunny. There is a chance of rain today, but it's going to be... Almost hot again, close to 80 for the high. It's 64 at DVE. Sean Collier now with uh, this weekend's reviews from Pittsburgh Magazine. What's up? Well, it's time for Halloween Kills, which is the sequel to 2018's Halloween, which was the third movie just called Halloween, but was a direct sequel to the original Halloween that ignored all the other Halloweens. Got it? No, I didn't think so. (laughs) In short, this is a sequel uh, to the one that came out in 2018, which a lot of people liked a lot. It picks up immediately where that one left off. So if you saw that one and you know the classic, you're set. And even if somehow you haven't, the guy in the mask is bad. Jamie Lee Curtis is good. That's yes. pretty much. There you go. There's you the need. dynamic. <laughs> They're trying to break a curse with this series. Uh, a really good Halloween movie only happens on the 10 year anniversary. The original was in 78. The best of the sequels is Halloween 4. That was in 88. Uh, H2O, where Jamie Lee came back, that was in 98. Rob Zombie couldn't even get that right. He released his in 2007, screwed it up. But this one, uh, or the previous one, was in 18. Usually you only get a good one on the 8s. And then in between, it dips a a little bit, and you're tempting fate, and it's like that one that had Paul Rudd, where it turned out he was a druid of some kind. (laughs) You don't look Druish. He doesn't look Druish. Uh, it's <laughs> so. Which one of those do we have here? This is not as good uh, as the one from 2018. It's nice that it starts right after. You know, there's no break. There's no you know. And three years later, it's right where they left off. They pick it up. It's very scary. It's very violent. Like a lot of sequels, it tries to do a little too much. It falls into the Rob Zombie trap of occasionally exploring the psychology behind Michael Myers a little bit. What's going on in his head? Not a lot. Walking and stabbing, mostly. <laughs> let's, let's not think too hard about what's going on with this guy. There's some big flashbacks you know, to the original film. Like a half dozen characters who were in the movie in 1978 weren't even in the one in 2018 come back with oh, the implication. Cool. It is cool. It also implies that you remember who they are and why they're important, which I do because I watch that movie twice a year. Other than that, I'm not sure how many people are, you know, up on their original (laughs) Halloween lore. I've seen a lot of bad reviews uh, of this one. They're overstating it a little bit. What it is is a normal Halloween movie. There's some scares. A lot of people die. 
it's fine. It's not as good as the last one, no. But, uh, uh, you know, if you need that spooky movie and if you like, uh, you know, Halloween fun, then you're going to be fine. The most important thing, congratulations are in order to Michael Myers. Uh, if you update your all-time charts, he needed 18 to get past Jason Voorhees on the all-time <laughs> kills leaderboard. We're going to have to wait for the official scorer, but I my count had him at 23. So no matter how that shakes out, should move into sole possession of the number one all-time ranking. Somewhere. Wait, 23 all-time kills? No, 23 last night. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's got to be way more than that. This, put, this puts him around 150, 150. <laughs> He's been chasing the big man for decades, so... <laughs> Congratulations in order to Michael Hall of Fame numbers, no really? matter what. Yeah, those are those. Are, <laughs> that's an era gone by. You can't get there anymore. No, you know? no, you can't get that's that. The many. dead People ball are faster era. now. Like everybody's doing CrossFit. People are too smart. You know, I was thinking mm-hmm. about Pennywise. I don't know if Pennywise got to ten over the course of two movies. They don't. They don't have you know the singular focus. On how many people can I kill in 90 minutes? You have to have a dumb kid near a sewer. It's a, it's a Venn diagram <laughs> right. that's hard to link up. Right. That clown is overrated. Um, all right. Tell us about The Last Duel. This is an all-star uh, team uh, assembled here. Ridley Scott, uh, who, when he's trying, which is not all the time, but when he is, he's still one of the greats. Uh, written by the team of uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, collaborating for the first time since Goodwill Hunting which uh, got them an Oscar, as you may remember, uh, as well as Nicole Holofcener wrote the script with him. Incredibly talented. She did Can You Ever Forgive Me? Enough said. She's excellent. Ben and Matt are in it, along with Adam Driver, Jodie Comer, all-star team. And it's a great story, a true story, about the last time a duel was used to settle a trial in France in the 1300s. This was an option then. You could just show up in court, not really agree, and say, you know what, let's fight to the death Whichever one of us survives, ah, we'll say that he was right. That seems. Why do I feel like we're only a few years away from that coming back? <laughs> I think that's going to make the, a comeback. There's a few states down south where that's going to be the next. It's like UFC, just with mm-hmm. two guys arguing over who stole an ATV. That'll be fun. <laughs> uh, anyway, Last Duel does the Rashomon thing uh, and tells the story from all three perspectives, one by one. That's such a great way to get you invested in a movie particularly a longer movie this is a little too long but it breaks it up it keeps it moving when you see okay what did he say what did she say what did he say creates this natural intrigue Uh, and then the duel at the end is thrilling it's an unbelievable you know well put together action sequence i really like this movie it's maybe going to hit an odd tone for some people because it's obviously very serious subject matter and still a very entertaining movie but uh, i liked it a lot my serious proposal let's end twitter beefs this way you throw down your glove. I pick it up. We play Fortnite. The loser has to leave Twitter forever. There you go. <laughs> World would be a better place. I'm with you on that. Oh, that would be amazing. Uh, what about your retro pick of the week, Sean? Row House of Horrors starts today and goes all the way through Halloween. The Shining, Evil Dead 2, Hocus Pocus, oh, 1978 man. Halloween, The Witches, Deep Red, Censor, Audition, Rocky Horror, and many more. Spend two weeks watching movies the way that I watch them all year. I enjoy The Shining on Christmas, but I understand for some people more of a seasonal thing. So that'll be Row House all the way through the holiday. (laughs) Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine with your movie reviews this morning. You know, I watched Fright Night the other night. The original. The original. Had not seen it in a long time, and man, is it enjoyable. 
They knew how to do them back then, didn't they? I think comedy and horror. I just saw um, Riverside Drive-In did a double feature a couple of weeks ago of Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer. Oh, two great, two great. Uh, those are both uh, Savage Steve Savage Holland. Steve Holland. A comedy movie or a horror movie from like the mid to late 80s got you in, established the concept, 90 minutes later you went home. And Fright Night's that way. It's, it's got like, a weird, yeah. fun cast and... Who, who, is Chris that? Sarandon Chris is Sarandon, the is the, right. uh, the the vampire, and Roddy McDowell is the oh, vampire yeah. killer. But it's mostly about the high school kids, which is mm-hmm. played by the guy from Herman's Head. Right. Amanda oh, Beers is his girlfriend, who is yeah, Marcy head. from Married with Children. And then Evil Ed is his buddy. Evil Ed was the kid who played Wendell in the movie Fraternity Vacation, for mm-hmm. those who remember the 80s, where Tim Robbins was doing really bad movies. And he was also in the movie Heaven Can Help Us. He was, uh, or just Heaven Help Us. Uh, he was just like a nerdy character back then, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is awesome fun the entire time. And it's very retro 80s, so that part of it was kind of enjoyable, too. But just, I looked it up. At the time, that was the most money they ever spent on special effects for a movie, which blew me away because when you watch it, you're what like... Was it 50 bucks? It was a million. <laughs> it spent a million dollars on, on special that effects. That does in, sound like a lot for back In 1984 yeah, when they mm-hmm. made it. And it's not... The special effects are not great. Like, they're not as good as the thriller video. Usually you got Tom Savini <laughs> out of Bloomfield. Say, what do you got lying around the house? Can you put some fresh blood on that? It looked like it might have been one of... Uh, what's his name's protégés? The guy who did American... The, Rick Baker. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And, but not quite as good. And it, it was just... It was fun to watch, and I just kept thinking, like, why don't they do them like this now? And I guess movies yeah. like um, the Vince Vaughn one... Uh, Freaky. Yes. Yeah. Kind of has that kind of fun Mm kind of angle to it and a good look at modern day teenagers and all that stuff. Because look, horror movies, the teenager thing, if you're not doing a classic monster movie, Mm -hmm. for some reason it needs to be teenagers because they're the only ones who haven't been like who haven't seen all the movies and know like, no, you don't go there. Like that commercial where right. yeah. they make fun of the kids who are like, why don't we just get in the car? They're like, no, let's go into that garage full of chainsaws. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think a lot of that's happening on TV. I think that's American Horror Story and um, the Creep Show series yeah. and stuff on Netflix that we don't, especially teen comedies. They're coming out. They're just on Netflix and we're not hearing about them. Because we're not teens. Because we're not uh, in yeah. the target audience there. We're so far from teens. The other thing I like, <laughs> and it's a horror comedy bond in the 80s, there would be 12 minutes in a nightclub for no reason, which happens late in Fright Night. They're just slowly walking through it's a awesome. dim nightclub and it's fantastic. It, because it's a an 80s nightclub. Mm-hmm. So you're just watching people dance to this bad music, and the fashion is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I like watching the colors. retro ones. Yeah, I do. The newer ones don't do it too, for me too much. Did you like the remake of Dawn of the Dead? Because I thought that that was pretty funny. It's like Ty f- Burnett. And- yeah, that, that worked. Um, you know, the original is so good that it's hard to be like, oh, wow, they did a great job. But, you know, compared to a lot of them, you know, that, that, that held it up pretty well. All right. Pat Fryermuth on the way for you later this morning. Sean Casey. Also, uh, Bill and I have our week six picks for you. The Pittsburgh Ash Spreading Kings. And uh, reminder, your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week, this week's DVE Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week, Bird Dogs in Atrona Heights. This NFL season, enjoy $2 Bud Light 16-ounce drafts during all Steeler games. Bud Light. 
DVE Sports. Mike, proceeded with you from the DVE Morning Show. Hold my calls. Uh, sports this hour. <laughs> brought to you by Dormont Appliance. Uh, Thursday was Coordinator Thursday on the South Side, and you all know what that means by now. We got a chance to speak with Defensive Coordinator Blame Canada Keith Butler. Blame Canada. Keith Butler's segment this week uh, focuses initially on how the Steelers are not going to be focused on how to stop Geno Smith versus how to contain Russell Wilson. Butler said uh, there's much more of a big-picture agenda in mind. Yeah, we're two and three, and that's the emphasis. Uh, I mean, we got to get to three and three. We can't get get way behind on this on this deal because we you know we play in a tough division. If you look at uh, what the other guys in our division are doing to keep up with them, we can't mess around. We got to we got to uh, win some games. We don't have any any leeway or, or days off or anything like that. That's not going to happen with us because we are, we can't afford it and get and get in the playoffs. Okay, so uh, the the biggest thing is what is our record? It's two and three. It's not that going you know. Five and one, or six and zero, or something like that. It's not that. So we got to, we got to play. Doesn't matter who's over there. It's all about what we do and how successful we are in terms of uh, trying to do what we're trying to do defensively. He's got a point. Who cares who their quarterback is? You got to win. Uh, this thing was threatening to get off the rails. Did last week's victory over Denver get it back on track? I should say this week's because it's still this week. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Did they get back on track beating the Broncos, or was that just one of those games that they happened to win on the way to 6-11, 7-10? Hmm. I thought the same thing when I read uh, a report that like Najee was uh, uh, glad to see that Mike Tomlin kept his attitude the same during the losing streak. It's like, hey, man, like... We're not all of a sudden a winning team, right? Like we're we're not really out of it yet. We still won a game. Five hundred. Mathematically, far from out of it. If if you look at the way the AFC's shaping up, uh, still early, but we're starting to get a feel for some of these teams now. Let's go uh, for argument's sake that the four current division winners are all playoff teams: Chargers, Ravens, Bills, Titans. Cleveland probably going to get in there. Some way, somehow. Kansas City's probably going to get in there some way, somehow. That leaves the last spot to be uh, fought over by the Bengals, Raiders, Broncos, Patriots, and Steelers. And none of those teams are juggernauts. No. So if the Steelers can get it together and keep it together at a reasonable success rate, they got a shot at the postseason. But got to beat Seattle here, you would think to uh, give yourself a chance to make any of that happen. Uh, Geno Smith hasn't started a game since 2017. 29 of his 31 career starts occurred in his first two NFL seasons, 2013 and 2014. But Butler uh, thinks that while Smith will play a similar game to what Wilson plays, he's going to be playing it much more by the numbers. I think they're going to try to run the same same offense. It's just that the, the guy before him, the guy that they had before him, probably knows the offense a little bit better and uh, uh, will take off running and have, have a little bit more leeway in terms of uh, what they were trying to run, checks and stuff. Yeah, so Geno's going to run what they call it. He's probably not going to freelance the way Russell Wilson does. And, of course, that's what makes Russell Wilson Russell Wilson, his ability to just improv at precisely the right time and, and make a Mahomes-like throw 
Mm-hmm. You should probably say Wilson, Mahomes makes Wilson-like throws because Russell was doing it Been first. doing it a little longer. But uh, Pat doing it a little better. That's why he's Springsteen and Wilson's Wilson. Uh, last but not least, here's Keith Butler on the uh, phys- philosophical debate that uh, defensive coaches engage in between stopping the run or stopping the pass. I'm a, I'm a old linebacker who don't like anybody to run on, okay? Uh, I work for a guy who is an old wide receiver who loves to play coverage. So I work for him. He doesn't work for me. So we're gonna, he's going he's gonna to do, and, and rightly so, the way the game is now, okay? I'm probably a little bit more overboard to try to stop the run. He's not overboard to try to stop the pass. He just realizes the reality of, of what it is in the National Football League now that, that you've got to stop the passing game. you got to stop in, in big plays. I mean, if you look at what happened to us last a couple of ball games, we got a big plays. Really, that game was closer than it should have been. Uh, last week because we gave up a couple of big plays. We got we, we cannot do that, and uh, he's very aware of that. So we're gonna you know we're gonna play different things to help our corner sometimes, and sometimes put pressure on the quarterback when we can. So we got to pick and choose our shots, and hopefully we pick and choose the right time uh, to do the things that we, uh, that we want to do. Do you ever think you hear a Steelers defensive coach say you got to stop the pass first? It's crazy. But it's reality. That's where it is. That's where that the is league how is. the game is being played. You hear the Metallica in the background? I heard all kinds of stuff in the background. It was practicing while uh, Butler was speaking. Getting ready for the Hokies. Oh, it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, good news on a defensive front. Cam Sutton and Devin Bush, both full participants for the yes. second consecutive day. Uh, on the offensive side, Chase Claypool and James Washington limited for the second consecutive day. Uh, the defensive starters would be a big help. i got to get at least one of those receivers playing a lot and playing well with uh, out Juju Smith-Schuster. Chris Carson still isn't practicing for the Seahawks. They're bruising 5'11", 222-pound running back. And uh, DK Metcalf downgraded from limited to out uh, in terms of practice yesterday with a foot injury. I'm sure the Steelers would not uh, be disappointed if Metcalf doesn't show up. No. Don't tease me like that. When you said he's out, I'm like... Out yesterday. Please. Yeah. As soon as I said that, I knew it implied the wrong thing. Uh, Thursday night football last night, uh, Tom Brady threw for 297 yards. Jalen Hurts threw for 115. Patriots had the ball for 39 minutes and 56 seconds. The Eagles for 20 minutes and 4 seconds. And somehow Philadelphia only lost by 6. What was the line, Mike? 7. Oh. 28 to 22. Patriots are 5 and 1. Eagles are 2 <laughs> and 4. got a backdoor cover. Bah, 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 bah. That's the worst. Oh, getting back. That feels, that, that feels like a loss. <laughs> Particularly when they're taking a knee on the six yard line oh at the end of the God. game. Come on, Brady. Would it kill you to just run two more sneaks and score? Yeah, that's when you want John Harbaugh to be the coach of the other team. Yes. <laughs> the only time. Uh, Penn's led a 4 2 third period lead getaway in uh, Florida and lost 5 4 in overtime to the Panthers. Uh, Jeff Carter got his first of the season and 400th of his career. Jake Gensel back in the lineup. He got his first goal. Penn's home opener is Saturday night against Chicago. 2-1 to one, Dodgers over the Giants in an epic game five last night in the National League Division Series. Cody Bellinger, an RBI single in the top of the ninth. And then Max Scherzer, Randy, closed it out. He's great, not a closer. Great closer that he He's is. A starter. Dodgers go on to play the Braves in the Red Sox uh, American League Championship Series. 
uh, begins tonight in Houston. Penn Stater, Pat Fryermuth on the show, 815. Sean Casey, 845. Bill and I give you our week six picks. And the Pittsburgh Ash Spreading Kings on the way for you here. Steelers Seahawks Sunday Night Football right here on DVE Morning Show. Hey, fellas. You see here looking for that dude at the Steelers game that spread their expired loved one's ashes at Heinz Field. Only it ended up in someone's Nacho Supreme. And you guys were hoping to attempt the very same very soon. But can't afford to get pinched on account of you already got two strikes. They call us. Hi, I'm Tom Kabucky. And hi, I'm his brother Charles. The Yins might know us better as the, the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Ash Spreading Kings. Kings. Our stealth ash dispersion expert. Dennis. Will facilitate the spreading of your loved one's ashes in any number of Pittsburgh landmarks. Swiftly. Safely. And without them floating into some unsuspecting hunky's popcorn. Cheese from our silver package location drops for just $199.99, including the fountain at the point. Randy Land. Nose Ark at Kennywood. Where the stadium the River Hines playing. Or select our gold package location drops for top-tier ash-spreading eternal destinations, including the Franco Statue at the airport. Off the back of the Clipper. Peggy Finnegan's house. The Liberty Tubes. Fort Pitt Tunnel. Waco back. Did you say Peggy Finnegan's house? Look, these are just some of the examples. Available at the gold package level. But if you really want to give a special eternal resting spot for your mom. Your dad. Your grandpap. Or whichever deceased loved one you charbroiled. You'll want to choose the $9.99.99 Sports Stadium Special. One third of the ashes spread at PNC Park. On a base path. Not somewhere where Sirecraft Saul is going to slide head first into your Nana trying to photo finish past Hallow Hannah. Jalapeno Hannah. <laughs> Excuse me. I got a typo here. Did you get some ashes on that script? I did. My apologies. Another one-third of the ashes dispersed secretly at Heinz Field. In bonds. Not where the kickers stand. Watch T.J. Watt sack dance right on your pat-pat. And the last quarter of the ashes poured on a PPG ice where Sid the Kid has dazzled us for 20 years. Guaranteed on the ice, not like in a urinal trough or some cop-out like that. Also available for a limited time, the Bucko Special. Pirate legend Dale Barra. And pirate parrot legend Kevin Koch. Will snort your loved ones so they can be part of one of the most famous parties in pirate history. A video dentist dispersing your loved one's ashes is provided to prove ash dispensary. Using several different stealth techniques guaranteed not to raise suspicion, including the Shawshank. The diversion drop. Oh my God, look, Cody the Eagle got eyed again. Ash, ash, ash. And the confetti popper. <laughs> Why worry about the pains of spreading remains at the games? Call us. The Pittsburgh Ash Spreading Kings. Yes, guys, guys will love. Morning show. <laughs> this Sunday night, your Pittsburgh Steelers take on the Seattle Seahawks. 820, Heinz Field. All of the action starting at 430 here on your radio home of the Black and Gold 102.5 DVE. Val, what's the weather forecast for Sunday? Sunday. Pain. Going into Sunday. the kickoff. Because this is one of those days where people like to get down and tailgate all day. 
Well, overall, it is partly sunny and 60. Perfect football weather. Sunday. Perfect, perfect weather. Perfect weather. Najee's not going to cramp up 60-degree weather. At least he better not. Clear in 45 <laughs> overnight. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like, I'm getting mad about it. Got to hydrate. I didn't under like when Coach said that. Gatorade in Tuscaloosa. Come yeah. on, what the hell. That's more of a Florida thing. I understand. <laughs> they need to have some sort of crimson, crimson tide quench. Pat Fryermuth, Yellow Hammer, eight fifteen here on the program. Also, Sean Casey. Boy, what a what a game that was last night. You stayed up to watch the Giants. Almost and the all of it. It was riveting. It was even though they. Started with the closers and closed with a starter. Well, Mike, that's what the analytics say to do. It was riveting. It's all about the analytics. Casey's take on that. Bill and I have our picks for the week. Have I mentioned how much I hate analytics? Well, I don't think. I think that if they drive the car instead of giving you possible GPS coordinates to get to where you want to go, it's bad. If you use them as a guide to make decisions, I think it can be good. If you use them as the end-all, be-all, that's where you lose me. And baseball, I think, is bleeding fans oh, over it. And it's careening headlong into the all-that-matters-is-analytics land. All of the figures that you loved through the years that managed baseball, all of that decision power is basically taken out of their hands. Yeah, yep. All the great pitchers that... We're superhuman yeah. at the most critical time. Now they just can't face the lineup three times through because, God forbid. God forbid. Mike, uh, we'll have your sports bottom of the hour. Val's got your news when we return. Coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some people who got in trouble at Dave Chappelle's house and a British woman who worked from home, but she has a very unusual job. So I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> we'll talk about it coming up. All right. Muth in 15 minutes. E. Pittsburgh. Pat Fryermuth from the Pittsburgh Steelers with us here on the DV Morning Show. Last thing for you, though, they were talking about how few balls you've dropped in camp this year. Some say they haven't seen you drop any. Some say one, two. What's the number, Pat? Where are we at right now? <laughs> are we under five? Yeah, we're definitely under five. I wouldn't say it was zero, um, but... Uh, it's definitely under five. I think it's only, to be honest, I think it's only two. Two. All right, we'll take two. 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 <laughs> and the DVE Morning Show. Smooth. He'll be on the show in about 12 minutes. Pat Fryermuth returning to the DVE Morning Show in anticipation of Sunday night's game against the Seahawks. Val's got your news in the interim. Sean Collier hanging in studio with us as well. What's up? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center. On Severe Weather Center 11. 65 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Well, this kind of makes me sad. State officials approving a new name for three combining Western Pennsylvania schools, Cal U, Clarion, and Edinburgh, all joining together to form one large school, which we had heard this was going to happen. Uh, it's a move that leaders say is designed to bolster student success and institutional sustainability. Mm-hmm. The new institution will be called Pennsylvania Western University, or oh. Penn West, as it will be called. PW. For short, uh, it's scheduled to launch in July of next year. So Western Pennsylvania University, just too easy. Well, West Penn was... Uh, 
hospital. A mental hospital, right? That's true. That's, or no, not mental. It's just a hospital. No, yeah. yeah, it's over in is it Bloomfield. Bloomfield. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Mayview, I think. Yeah. But it's a terrible name. Like, at least give it some panache. I don't know why they couldn't just keep the three names separate and join it uh, yeah, just ha- administration-wise. Yeah. Like, just like keep- Chris Mahana Kwanzaa? Like, mash all the names up? <laughs> but no, like no, the no, Clarion like- Campus, Edinburgh Campus. Right. And th- that's probably what they're going to end up doing anyways. But Pennsylvania Western, if you ask somebody where they graduated, they're going to say Edinburgh, Clarion, or what was the third one? Cal U. Cal. So is this also happening on the other side of the state? I believe, if like I remember Shippensburg, correctly, Shippensburg, Kutztown, and Mansfield. There was just an article this week about how enrollment at colleges is plummeting. Well, gee, I can't so. understand why. It puts you in debt for the rest of your life so you can never buy a house and the education ends up being worthless. <laughs> other than that, though, uh, it's a great experience. You know how I'm working at Scarehouse right now? Yeah. That's literally the first time I've used my theater degree. The first moment. <laughs> well, in all money. fairness, the theater degree predates the recent problems. Oh, in, sure. Call it, you know, yeah. 50 yeah. years ago, it was a bad idea to get a theater degree. <laughs> Never a, like a savvy financial move. Right. I, so I guess I have time to still get a clarion yeah, sweatshirt. Plenty of time to get that clarion. Mm-hmm. Well, those are going to be yeah. you know, hot commodities if you have any You're sitting right. in, your, in your closet. I don't. Better get up to the bookstore and get what, some. What is their Don't nickname? Clarion Eagles? Golden Eagles. Golden Eagles. Mm-hmm. But IUP's not in that? Nope. All right. Well, I, so, I don't love it. Here we Especially go, Especially being, having grown up so close to Edinburgh. Edinburgh is such a distinct place. I mean, there is a... There's a level of buffoonery at Edinburgh that really deserves <laughs> its own... <laughs> recognition separate from the rest and it is a beautiful campus and it's a really cool town and in the winter they get blasted with snow you know everyone says like eerie but you grew up with a lot of snow we did not as much as edinburgh because we are on the lake they're in Mm -hmm. 15 miles they're the ones who got pounded so like in the winter time at edinburgh you literally walk through columns of snow which is kind of cool plus they got their own lake Killer bars. I don't know. I don't like Edinburgh being a part of that. The when Fighting went, Scots should always retain their own identity. When I went to Clarion, it was one of the best communication programs in the country. Like it was compared. Really? It was compared to Syracuse. Get out of here! Yeah. I mean, that was like late eighties, early nineties, a long oh. time ago. I don't know what it's like there now. Are they going to like for a long mesh time. all their mascots? Because that's going to end up looking <laughs> like a really bad tattoo idea. It's, it's, Who? It's a what Scotch is? Eagle. Uh, I don't know what Cal U is. Uh, bears? I wanted to say bears. But that's Cal U, California. That's why. So Sean- it would be a fighting Scott, a golden eagle, <laughs> whatever Cal U is. I don't know. So, yeah, that's that's the question. Are they going to have one? Maybe they'll just have one state university system mascot. But will there be one football team or three? I don't know. It's They're the Vulcans. Yes. Vulcans. That's, that's right. So it's going to be Spock. Uh, in a kilt, but a bird. Yeah, <laughs> with a bird with head. Talons. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we got Pat Firemuth on a little bit early, who has no concerns of any uh, thing like that happening to his alma mater, Penn State. My alma mater, as well as Sean Collier's uh, alma mater. A couple of Penn Staters joined by Pat Firemuth now. Good morning, Pat. How are you, man? Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing all right. All right. Yeah. Did you hear that news? They're combining Edinburgh, Clarion, and Cal U into one college. 
I actually just was saw I saw that this morning on uh, Twitter. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Penn State doesn't have to worry about anything like that. They already have the branch campuses, but you know, the you know, state college is the sun in that universe. Exactly, no doubt, no doubt. All right, so the first question I have for you is: Did James Franklin ever teach you to fake an injury when you needed to stop the clock back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, he did not. We don't, we don't, we don't coach that. We don't. Oh, I, I completely understand what Coach Franklin is saying. <laughs> that was kind of ridiculous. Didn't, did you think that that was kind of bush league for Ferentz to even come up with that as an excuse? Yeah, I mean, I think Iowa's offense is so slow, and they don't. I mean, they only <laughs> average like two plays per minute. Yeah. So I mean. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's pretty ridiculous that, you know, the coach from Iowa came up with that. Pat, here's how you know it was ridiculous. Pitt's coach came to Penn State coach's defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I was laughing. It was, it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, well, you know, speaking of Penn State, those whiteout games, there's twice as many people at those games as there are at most of the NFL games. But Coach Tomlin said he, he spoke with you and a couple other rookies at the beginning of the year about the difference in college versus NFL crowds, has there been as profound of a difference as he warned you about? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think um, for like the away games we've had, I think um, the fans, you know, they're kind of more like vicious at you and like attack you more, like personally, just telling you they hate you and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially at Buffalo, um, I think that's probably the biggest difference. Is um, you know they're more come at you personally, not just as a school. You know what I'm saying? It's so, like when we play at Ohio State, Ohio State is saying like. Like, you know, screw Penn State, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, in, in, in NFL, it's more personal. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine they got pretty personal in Buffalo. That had to feel so sweet getting out of there with the win. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, nothing better than going into, like, a road environment and, and, and winning. Anything that surprised you or got your attention along the uh, vicious personal attacks, or was it just pretty much what we expect? Standard fare. Yeah, yeah, standard stuff. Just what you expect. <laughs> Buckle up for Baltimore and the Browns, man. That's gonna be that's gonna be a different experience. That's, that, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. <laughs> well, uh, that, you know, it had to be pretty cool to be, you know, going into Heinz Field and getting your first home win and hearing that crowd in all its glory. Now, again, it's not one hundred and ten thousand people wearing white, mm-hmm. but the, the Steeler crowds have their own kind of ferocity. Oh no, no, I I completely agree. It was awesome to get the win in front of um in front of the home fans and um you know I think honestly I think you know the Renegade might be up there for probably one of my favorite you know like traditions I've been a part of. So you and, like the Renegade? You're on you're on board yeah. for oh, the Renegade. Sweet. Oh, it was sweet. I was I was I got a towel and I started waving it myself. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Did you know that tune before you got here? Uh no, but when I got drafted, uh, one of my good friends, um, Charlie Kadger, his family's out here, and they sent it to my parents to kind of uh, like get us familiar with it and stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it's a subject of a lot of debate, but uh, I'm always pro renegade. I just wish they'd use it a little more sparingly, but can't argue with the results last weekend. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, well now, unfortunately, uh, losing Juju for the year a big blow to the receiving core. Is it safe to assume Ben is going to be looking to you and the other tight ends in the middle of the field more often going forward? I mean, I yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know. Um, I think you know, obviously, you know. Without Juju, it's, it's going to be hard. You know, it's hard to replace someone like Juju, his talents and his, his personality on the field and stuff like that. Um, but you know, I'm willing to do whatever. Um, you know, I think we have guys in the receivers room that can step up and, and play that position as well. Um, so whatever they ask me to do, um, if that's more reps in the middle of the field and stuff like that, then you know, I'm, I'm excited to do that. 
Pat, just to follow up on that, uh, I study the Steelers' opponents pretty closely, and ever since the Buffalo game, I've looked at the opposing defenses and thought, boy, it looks like that second-round tight end uh, who has been described as a silky smooth playmaker could beat these guys all day long <laughs> in coverage, uh, these linebackers and these safeties. I'm pretty sure nobody, Seattle's, nobody from Seattle's listening because they're not up yet. Is this the week where they throw you the ball 15 times and you have about 200 yards and four touchdowns? Hey, we'll see. Um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, that happens. But if not, I'm just hopefully go out there and, and, and do as much as I can to help the team win. Big turnaround last week in the offensive line. Seemed to make a huge jump. Coach Tomlin said that he thought they were close before. Is that something that you kind of saw uh, uh, slowly sort of gelling to the performance we saw last weekend that allowed Ben to have so much time? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I think... Um, you know, they're getting more comfortable with, you know, the play calling and, and what we're asking them to do. And, um, you know, I think, you know, every single game up to that point, you know, there was always just that, like, one little block that you know, could have uh, sprung a, a big one um, or, you know, gave them more time to throw the ball. So I think last week was a good, um, you know, representation of what the whole line can be. And um, they're doing a great job so far. I saw on Twitter yesterday that Najee reached out to Jerome Bettis to, to come in and watch some, uh, some film with him. Have you reached out to Heath? To do the same? Uh, no, I have not reached out to Heath yet. Um, I've only talked to him, um, you know, when I got drafted. Uh, but you know, obviously, you know, if that, if that were to happen, that'd be awesome. Have you been hearing the Muth calls from the Steeler fans? Uh, oh, absolutely, they're, they're awesome. Uh, I'm actually good friends with uh, Noah Fant um, from the Broncos, and he after the game, he told me he's like, that, "That was the coolest thing ever." Blah blah. So, um, you know, it, it's awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they can't really yell, Fant. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a good one. Yeah. You know? uh, prime time Sunday night football at Heinz Field against the Seahawks. Pat Firemuth, tight end from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Best of luck to you this weekend, man. Thanks for making time for us this morning. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, guys. Okay, Have man. We'll see you. I just hope his fake injury gets better before Sunday. <laughs> oh, I want him to be a huge part of Sunday night. I thought he was going to be a bigger part of the offense. So did I. All year long. So did I. I he should be. I took that prop for him to score in whatever week he scored, and I thought, oh, this is going to be an every week thing now. And uh, it has not been yet, but I think that does change with Juju being out of the lineup. I like well, that, that bet it, this week. If I can uh, shamelessly plug our uh, preview show from last night again, another point made by Merrill was that they had some profound problems on offense as the season unfolded. Mm-hmm. And as things settle down if they are settling down and they're getting more stability. Now you can start looking in more detail. They were just trying to go forward. You know what I mean? Like picking on guys and yeah. isolating was down the list of way down to do, yeah. you know, it was down on the to-do list. Bigger fish to fry. The, the first one was trying to keep guys from tackling Najee Harris before he got the handoff and trying to keep Ben Roethlisberger standing up. Is Muth 81? 88. 88. All right. her 88 right now. 333. Oh, WDVE. Have fun, Joe. Caller 88. 333. WDVE wins tickets to the Steelers and the Seahawks. But uh, hang on to those phone lines. Uh, you know what? Val, do you have more news you want to get to? Uh, no, it, I blew up my news. Okay. <laughs> well, then let's do the picks here. She blew it up. Let's do the picks right I here. Ah. All right. Bill, you got your picks ready yeah, to go? I do. Joe, can you uh, get whatever Patriots music you need minus, to do? Oh. Or, or Buccaneers, excuse me, minus. Oh, you know what? I might not have them in the same order as you. Hold on. Skinner, call me the breeze. 
Hey, I'm going to be doing a Grateful Dead show tonight with Pittsburgh's own The Cause, one of the best Grateful Grateful Dead cover bands in the country. And Mike Minda is going to be playing guitar all night as well as uh, the second guitarist. So if you've ever seen Mike before, you know how awesome this is going to be. Very much looking forward to the show tonight at the Thunderbird. See you there. Congrats to David in Rennerdale. He won the Steeler tickets. Jeremy Rennerdale. David is off to see the Seahawks and the Steelers at Heinz Field on Sunday night. Sunday. Gonna be a good one. Sunday. Uh, you know, they've got lots of monster myths created by Hollywood. Here's 10 of them for you. Quickly, vampires get burned by sunlight. That didn't exist in the Bram Stoker novel. The 1922 movie Nosferatu was the first to show that. So they kind of created that. I saw a chart once about which vampire franchise has which vampire traits, which means it got too complicated. We need to simplify this. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Because there's that and like... Uh, some of them a little bit of sunlight and they're toast. Like right. just li- and, p- and then other times they're like, "Ow, ow, that burns." Yeah. Twilight, they just kind of sparkle ow. a little bit. Frankenstein's monster is green in the novel. Mary Shelley mm. described the monster as having yellowish skin. Mm, jaundiced. Yeah. Green face paint was used on Boris Karloff for the 1931 film because of the way it showed up on black and white camera. Uh, pro tip: Don't try to go as Frank or Frankenstein at all for. The holiday. If you try to paint canceled? yourself green, oh. no, I had a buddy do this in New Orleans one year for Halloween, and he painted himself green. And I got to tell you, it really looked like he was just in blackface the whole night. <laughs> and that was an awkward thing walking around New Orleans. Let me tell light you, light green, maybe it, a lime. Yeah, you need a pale. At yeah. some point, we're like, you kind of look like a priest in blackface. You don't really look like Frankenstein. He's like, I got to wash this off. I'm like, you're gonna get murdered if you don't. <laughs> Uh, getting bitten by a werewolf turns you into one. Now, Greek mythology yeah. believed turning into a werewolf was a curse from the gods, and Norsemen believed it was from wearing a wolfskin belt. But the 1935 movie Werewolf of London was the first to show that a person could be changed from a bite. So it's like a vampire. That's a good movie. Unfortunately, you don't hear the song. Well, yes, it predated it by about 40 years too yeah. early. Mike, please make your joke. No, don't. Werewolf, their wolf, their, wolf. their castle. Zombies are slow. <laughs> now that was Night of the Living yeah, Dead helped create this movie. But in the movie, they're never referred to as zombies. So ghouls. Yeah, Frankenstein's monster can barely talk. In the novel, the monster can speak eloquently. Who's under it? That's why. Throw it to fire, move. <laughs> Steeler fans are all Frankenstein. Uh, zombies eat brains, another monster myth created by Hollywood. This was first seen in Return of the Living Dead in 1985. They do it as one zombie explains. It eases the pain of being dead. Hmm. Whatever. Also, get a nice Chianti. It's, sure. Works. <laughs> Dracula wears a medallion. Bram Stoker wrote in his novel, Dracula wore all black with no speck of color. Bella Lugosi was the first to wear the medallion in the mm, 1931 film. Jazz things up a, a little. A lot of that was just Bella. That's just how he would appear if you passed him on the street. Witches have personal necklace. <laughs> witches have green skin. Another myth from Hollywood. Before Wizard of Oz, witches were depicted with orange or red faces. Green was Ooh. still pretty scary. You know, they nearly burned her alive, uh, leaving uh, Munchkinland. It's true. There's a trap door. And it didn't really go off right, and there was an explosion. Almost took her out right there. She almost died. Frankenstein monster has bolts in his neck. 
also not in the novel, is most likely added to the 1931 film to show his connection to electricity. The metal nubs are actually electrodes, but people call them bolts. Well, they look like bolts. And lastly, awakened mummies stay in their wrappings. <laughs> we all know in real life, they change immediately. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's the first thing they do. They yeah. take They're them like, off. Oh, oh, more because they always, like, if you unwrap a mummy, there's nothing there. But uh, in the movies, right? Like, they would yeah. unravel them in Scooby-Doo and be like, <laughs> and then there'd be no. <laughs> and they disappeared. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was their only exoskeleton, but they have a person inside there. The 1940 movie, The Mummy's Hand, is the first to show a mummy moving around with the wrapping still on. That's the one that's scary. Not The Mummy's Hand. The Mummy. You know, Dracula is fun. Frankenstein is, you know, Bride of Frankenstein is good. The Mummy, still scary. All right. There you go. Check out The Mummy. Keep those in mind as you assemble your Halloween movie queue. Do you have any? Be authentic. You have any ready to go? Any that you're excited to watch? Uh, actually, I have. I want. I think I might watch the new Halloween movie. Yeah, I don't know. I like going to the old ones. The new ones just don't. Yeah, for me. go old. I don't know. I haven't seen any of the channels yet. Doing all. I know they're doing them. I just haven't come across them. What's the one that Klaus Kinski did? Was it Nosferatu? Like an update of that or something like that? Yeah, he did the one that they did. There's, there's two because uh, Willem Dafoe did it once, and then Klaus Kinski yes. did one. Uh, both very. That one weirds you out for the holiday and makes you distrustful of Germans. Like it yeah. has like both of those attributes. No, I just saw on HBO Max is The Hunger, David Bowie and Susan Sarandon. Oh, that's a classic. The vampire one. Uh, the first twenty minutes of that are just the gothiest music video of all time. After that. <laughs> Vampires get involved. All right. Hopefully not a scary sight at Heinz Field Sunday night. Steelers, Seahawks. Mike has your sports when we return. DVE Sports. Mike, proceeded with your sports now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is brought to you by Bridgeville Appliance. Yesterday was coordinator Thursday on the south side, and that meant we got a few minutes with offensive coordinator Matt Canada. <laughs> Getting close. Although, coming off a win, you know. All right. Fair enough. It's all glorious. Uh, well, maybe not glorious. Mm-hmm. The relationship between Matt Canada and Ben Roethlisberger seems to be getting better. Roethlisberger got to run those RPOs against Denver and make some on-field calls, and things worked, and the Steelers won. But uh, it's not all hunky-dory just yet. Give a listen to the uh, what is becoming patented Canada passive aggression when asked about those RPOs and uh, the pluses and minuses of the RPO game. The pluses are we won. The minuses are a couple of games before we did it and we lost. So, I mean, I think, you know, it bears out what it is. I think Ben, it's not something Ben has done a lot in the past. So, you know, to, I guess to answer, you know, to credit to Ben and, you know, learning and doing it. And obviously it's been something that has had sometimes it's been very beneficial for us and for our players. Translation. Hey, you didn't ask me about that a couple games ago when we lost. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Ben's not really accomplished at that. Right? Right. Pretty accomplished at it against Denver. Are you saying we need a Matt Canada translator? It's going to be the same thing (laughs) one after another. Uh, Mm -hmm. We talked about this in the wake of the game, and I think it bears uh, repeating. More Roethlisberger influence. Not total control, but let him 
use what he has accrued in terms of uh, knowledge, understanding, instinct, intuition, and let him push some more on-field buttons. Yes. And, you know, can't, can't go any worse. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster won't be a part of uh, the running game, the passing game, no matter how many RPOs they run against Seattle. Uh, Canada asked if any of the Steelers wide receivers that are going to be looked upon to step up have any characteristics sim- similar to Juju, and the OC just couldn't go there. I wouldn't want I me. Mean, it'd be unfair. Like I said, I, my, my feelings for Juju are, are so off the charts, and they have been just because you need somebody to block, he says, I'll do it. You need somebody to do it, he says, I'll do it. So I would be unfair to compare anybody else and because it, it wouldn't matter. It would sound like it was a negative about somebody else. But everything else, we've got guys that can do certain things. We've got to find who can do that. Trust and all those things, the years with he and Ben that have you know come over time to the football part, we've got to work to find that. You know, I, I, I knew Juju Smith-Schuster was an important player for him, and he's been uh, a big play player for them over the years and a productive player. Uh, no idea that there would be this kind of reaction. I'm not I'm not saying it's wrong or inappropriate. It just has uh, got my attention how fervently these guys have been lining up one after another this week to express their profound respect and admiration for Juju Smith-Schuster. Well, it's almost like the people who have been saying that Juju is a distraction didn't know what the hell they were talking about. You could surmise that based on the Steelers' reaction this week. They're frustrated for their teammate who had a frustrating season. You know, when you're you're doing the dirty work and and you don't get the payoff, everybody feels for you. Well, I also would say that to a lesser extent that this is also an understanding of how fragile the life of an NFL player can be and how unprotected he kind of is in this moment right now because he signed a one-year yeah. contract. Those, certainly his teammates know he's in a contract year. They know this this really screwed him financially. Yeah, at least for another year. Um, that all, but you don't get that kind of reaction unless you, you truly respect the guy. Yes, agreed. Um, that kind of from the heart. Uh, one of the guys that uh, might get uh, more playing time, Cody White. He's on the uh, 53-man roster now. He's had a couple of games, been targeted three times, caught a couple of balls, played some special teams, uh, has a little bit of a physicality to his game and, and the skill set, the physical skill set that allows him to play that way. Uh, here's uh, Canada on what the Steelers think of Cody White. I think Cody's come in and done a good job. And, you know, you look at the talent we have on the edge and Cody's come in here in two years and kind of earned his stripes, earned his trust, and you got to give him a lot of credit for that when you look at the guys he was behind, and now he's got, you know, you know, as Coach always talks about, at some point, that you know, somebody knocks on your door, and I think he's shown mentally he's ready to go, and we're excited to see what he can do. I think he can be a contributor. It's not because I'm wearing a green hat. I think he's I think he's an NFL receiver, and uh, real, real interested in seeing where this goes as it relates to Cody White. All right, let's take a break and come back. We're going to talk a little baseball with Sean Casey. Bill and I have our picks for week six. Val's got your news top of the hour. What do you got? We're going to get to that story about uh, a woman who uh, got in trouble for working at home. But when I tell you what her job is, you'll understand. That's next. DVE. It's Randy Bauman at the DVE Morning Show. Joining us right now, the mayor... Major League Baseball's Sean Casey, ladies and gentlemen. Case! 
Hey, what's up, guys? Happy Friday to you. Right on. Hey, Happy Friday. I mean, how about that game last night? You know, Cody Bellinger <laughs> hit 165 this year. I mean, right. two years out of winning the MVP in the NL, and he was a total disappointment. And those are the guys that just kill you in the postseason, the guys that were, that were supposed to. The guys that should have. They know with one swing of the bat, redemption can erase the whole season. And boy, Major League Baseball, for as many things that disappoint, the postseason seems to never do that. Last night, another example of that. Two 100-team wins going head-to-head. And uh, the the Giants somehow end up on the losing end of this one case. Talk about a game that lived up to the billing. I mean, everyone's, you know, what's a shame is that you know, the Giants win 107, the Dodgers win 106, and, and we're in the first game of a, of a five-game series. Like, that's the series you want. That's the one series you want to see. Man, this, 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 should, go, this should be a seven-game series. But you're right. You know, looking at Bellinger, 165, you know, I, I know that, you know, he had shoulder surgery. I, I really believe the reason he had such a terrible year is because his shoulder wasn't, isn't all healthy yet. It probably will be next year. But to throw him that slider right there and have him get that big hit, I mean, good for him, man. Good for him. Uh, I was kind of rooting for the Giants because I felt like 107 wins. They were supposed to win like 70 games this year, and yeah. they won 107. Mm-hmm. So, but the postseason's been great, and that was just another, you know, seeing Max Scherzer. This is what I love about the postseason. Hey, bring in Max Scherzer to close the game out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you start seeing starters coming out of the pen. That's what I love about the postseason. It's all hands on deck, and man, what an unbelievable game that was last night, game five. And now you got Atlanta in Los Angeles, the Red Sox, and the Astros. In case, it's hard to make a case for Major League Baseball being any kind of balanced at all. There's not really parity when four of the big money teams are making it to the Final Four. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's definitely something, you know, that, that they, look, they look at all the time. I mean, you know, I think that if the Rays had, you know, the Rays are one of the best teams in baseball, you know, they weren't able to, you know, that's the team we kind of lean on as like, oh, they're yeah. the mid-market team that has right. a $60 million payroll. But you just can't do that. You're right. I mean, the teams that spend money at the end of the day are going to be the teams that have the best shot to get to the championship series and win the whole thing. And so you're looking at the Braves and the Dodgers, Sox and the Astros, teams that you know, spend money and teams that put it out there. So, you know, we'll see what happens with the collective bargaining agreement coming up, you know, that, 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 you know, that's going to be going on after this season about maybe, you know, they're talking about bringing the, bringing the floor up. You know, that's one of the, one of the issues is, Hey, hey let's bring the, you've got to spend a hundred million dollars. You can't just do what the pirates do and the Rays and all these, some of these teams where you're just, you know, keeping payroll down, you have to spend a hundred million. Maybe that changes things and gives it the league a little more parity as far as that goes. Case, to illustrate that point, I'm watching a broadcast the other night, and they're talking about the Yankees, and they say, oh, you know, the Yankees have got their payroll down to $200 million, so they're going to reset and load up next year. Like, they've been fiscally responsible up until this point. Garrett Cole is making the Pirates whole payroll every year for the next nine seasons. How are these two teams even in the same league? <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, like, oh, the the Yankees are just at two hundred million. You know, they're really, really uh, holding back. They're really holding back. They're really holding back right now. Now it's true. Um, I think that is an issue. Like I said, at the, in the collective bargaining agreement, they need to come together and figure out, man, how do we even the playing field a little bit more? You know, and kind of figure this out. I tell you what, though, when you when you talk about Garrett Cole, and it's funny when I when I when you think about. Um, 
the the pirate pitchers that are out there, you know, that that are, are dominating. When you that Shane Boz was the was the third guy thrown in in the in the in the Archer trade. It was Glass now Meadows and Shane Boz, who might be the best of all three of them. For a pirate fan, you look and you go, "Geez, you know what I mean?" Like <laughs> all these guys are in the postseason and freaking dominating. They should be in the pirate staff right now. It should be Tyone Cole, Shane Boz, just dominating people. You know. Uh, Case, you know, there was a blown call last night, potentially. What did you make of the check swing to yeah. for us? Well, you know what, Randy? I always look at it this way. At the end of the day, you know, it's a three-hour game. There's a lot of action going on. You know, Giants had a couple shot, a couple chances they didn't cash in on. It ne- it's never that one. That, that's magnified because it's the last call of the game, and it was a bad call. But at the end of the day, that's not the reason the Giants lost. The reason the Giants lost is because they couldn't capitalize early when they had a couple shots at Knable and a couple other shots in the game. So I, I think it was a bad call, but it what, didn't cost them the game. Case my mom would have said should have protected the plate. Followed off. Uh, <laughs> who uh, who's going to win? Uh, give me the two pennant winners and a World Series champion. Wow, you know now that I think the Dodgers got by the Giants, you know I think I think it's good. I think the Giants are going to get. It's going to be Giants Astros, and I think the Astros win it. I think the Astros win it. I think they clean up the 2017. You know they don't clean it up. They'll always have that that you know scar of the cheating scandal. But I'd love to see Dusty Baker win it. I think the Astros are a really good team. I think the Astros beat the Dodgers uh, in, the, in the World Series. Uh. I love Dusty, but I don't want to see the the Astros win so soon after all of that crap. Nobody paid a real price for that. Yeah, yeah, no one did pay. No one did pay a price. But at the end of the day, brother, they've been the five consecutive ALCSs. That's a good. That's a good ball club. I, you know, uh, freaking garbage cans or not. Yeah, Uh, Sean Casey, always pleasure, dude. Thanks for making time for us this morning. We'll catch up with you soon. All right, fellas, have a great weekend. We'll see you. The mayor, Sean Casey, Bill, and I have our week six picks. Fowl's got your news next. We're going to talk about uh, the woman working from home who probably shouldn't be doing the things she was doing at home. Hockey season is in full swing. There's no better place to bet it on the NHL, bet on the NHL rather than FanDuel Sportsbook in partnership with Valley Forge. NHL parlays are the perfect way to make every shot feel like a hat trick. You can turn a little bet into a big payday. And all season long, FanDuel is giving every customer NHL parlay insurance. You'll get up to $25 back each day if your parlay falls one lake short. Don't have a FanDuel account? Sign up now using promo code Randy to place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. FanDuel's always hooking you up with great odds and exclusive offers. Plus, when you win, you'll get paid in as little as 24 hours. This season, make every moment more and bet on the NHL with FanDuel Sportsbook. And remember to use promo code Randy so they know I sent you. Must be 21 or older, present in Pennsylvania. Parlay insurance max refund, 25 bucks per day. Risk-free bet for first online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days for parlay insurance and 14 days for risk-free bet. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLE. Pittsburgh. There was just an article this week about how enrollment at colleges is plummeting. Well, gee, I can't so. understand why. It puts you in debt for the rest of your life so you can never buy a house and the education ends up being worthless. <laughs> Other than that, though, it's a great experience. <laughs> you know how I'm working at Scarehouse right now? Yeah. That's literally the first time I've used my theater degree. The first moment. <laughs> well, in all money. fairness, the theater degree predates the recent problems. Oh, in, sure. Call it, you know, yeah. 50 yeah. years ago, it was a bad idea to get a theater degree. <laughs> never a 
like a savvy financial move. Right. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Not that I'm not a supporter of the arts, don't get me no. wrong. I'm just saying in terms of this will pan out great for you. It's not a great economic decision. You know, halfway through, I thought, you know, I need something practical. And then I got an English degree. There's really, <laughs> you know, all of that money. How to Make a Bad Decision Worse by well, Sean Collier. We'll never be out of debt. There's you, no chance. You know, it occurred to me because I said that the Clarion Communication Program was comparable to Syracuse back in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. People told me that. I have no proof, <laughs> no proof of that. You're like, wait Val, a minute. They might have been lying that whole time. <laughs> Val, when has that ever stopped us from making any declaration on this show? <laughs> That's true. Proof is not necessary. <laughs> Conviction trumps truth every time. Uh, well, they, but we won like commercial broadcasting awards for our uh, conversation. <laughs> the, the first, um, the first time we did the Kennywood takeover, one of the guys who worked there was at, it worked under the original owner who was one of my friends growing up's grandfather, and he said the first rule in marketing is you have to have, pay the printer because basically you can say whatever you want. And nobody can really challenge it. So he said, "Yeah, we're the roller coaster capital of the world." Nobody looked into it. <laughs> Just print it. Well, capital. I mean, define capital. Right. What does it yeah. require to become the capital? You know, we're the laugh capital of morning radio. <laughs> you can just say yeah, it. Whatever. Val, as far as I'm concerned, Clarion is one of the greatest schools in the country. Apparently for, not. We have to merge with two other schools. It's, it's definitely in the top three when you're talking about Cal U, Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> the Pennsylvania are, Western University. As they are now known, uh, Calicleraborough. <laughs> I attend Calicleraborough. Really, they should come get up with a better name than Pennsylvania Western. I don't know, have some sort of Quaker, like Quake and Bake or something. I don't know. Something. <laughs> Pennsylvania Western sounds like a, a, a Western film that just set in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, yeah. It's a Pennsylvania Western. Clint Eastwood is going to be the dean. Jay-Z Wales. You can't. That's like, I, I, my I'm, brain's... I'm thinking. I can't. <laughs> I don't know. Western Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania like, yeah, why I, wouldn't they call it Western Pennsylvania? WPU? Instead of <laughs> Pennsylvania Western. I don't know. I just think it's going to be really hard to get the football practice. <laughs> you don't have to say PWU. You could just say PWU. I attend PWU. It's PWU. It's PWU. <laughs> it wouldn't be PWUDENT. What do you got? Uh, here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center. Severe Weather Center 11. 67 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Window Nation. Coronavirus case numbers continue to add up in Western PA yesterday. Public health officials reporting 399 new cases in Allegheny County, 149 in Westmoreland. Pennsylvania Resources Council is holding its 10th annual Pittsburgh Reuse Fest tomorrow in the parking lot of the North Park Swimming Pool. Residents looking to unload unwanted items like bedding, clothing, furniture, kitchen items, and pet supplies could put them on the path to finding new homes with local community organizations. That event runs from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can get more info at prc.org slash programs. 
And millions of families getting some extra cash today. The IRS is depositing a fourth child tax credit payment. This is part of the COVID stimulus bill passed back in March. Two more payments scheduled this year worth up to 300 bucks per kid. The rest of the credit will come when parents file their 2021 tax returns next year. Anybody who wants to stop the advanced payments can do so online by November 1st. The Liberty Borough, Pennsylvania Police Department is launching a new program combining a neighborhood watch with residents walking their dogs. Officials said this week that Dog Walker Watch is part of a nationwide campaign run by the National Association of Town Watch. Dog Walker Watch will train dog owners who take their pets on walks to recognize suspicious activities and vehicles that may be trespassing or canvassing. Those interested in joining the program can email the department at libertynno at gmail.com. But the dog has to call the police. That's the trick. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Suspicious activity at the old Jenkins place. (laughs) In a new survey, 49% of people say they'd be all for a trip to space. But of those, just 19% would pay 100 grand or more to make it happen. It'll cost at least that much. Seats on Virgin Galactic Spaceship 2 are estimated to start at 250000 per person. 60% of people think space travel should be accessible for everyone, just not the ultra-rich. And even if the prices do come down eventually, 24% aren't sure that space tourism is ethical because frequent space travel could be bad for the environment. I brought up this idea yesterday. I think that they should just do some sort of Go fund me and send nothing but flat earth, uh, flat earthers to space because we got to teach the dumb people. That's a good idea. Well, these guys who are running these things are super rich. They're, they don't. They could just do it. We don't yeah, need to go need fund the me. money. <laughs> they uh, can go fund themselves. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of like uh, you know ironic that they're taking everyone to space while the Earth is completely crumbling. Like maybe we ought to fix what's going on here now that you're up there you can look down and see how messed up it all is you basically are in a drone <laughs> looking over a crime scene help us solve it maybe they're maybe looking for a way out spend yeah. some of your tax-free billions do you know that uh the richest guy is now i don't know if it's bezos or, or which one it is 222 billion dollars that if you worked 40 hours a week making a hundred dollars an hour it would take you eleven thousand years to make what they make that's a long time. I don't yeah. think I'll live that long. I can't work that those kind of hours. So I'm just saying, I don't know, maybe make them pay a little bit of taxes. That's all. Yeah. Quit giving them easy ways to not pay taxes. And then maybe the bridges won't fall well, down. Well, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's the government then that needs to change the tax code. That's why you need to run for office. <laughs> I mean, they're just taking advantage of the laws. I, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, they're making the laws. They are say. literally <laughs> writing the laws, giving the lobbyists, giving them to the lawmakers who then just copy and paste. A British woman who Listen like to your morning show. We know. <laughs> <laughs> Go from a fart pit to fiscal advice. <laughs> for our country. A British woman who, like everyone else, started working from home during the pandemic, now homeless after she was evicted from public housing oh. just because she was working from home. Well, the problem was her profession. She was a hooker or is still a hooker, I guess. 29-year-old hooker from home. Nicole Perry says she had no choice but to take her work home to her apartment in publicly funded housing, which don't they do that in cars and motels? 
Yeah, usually it's an away game for right. the hooker. Right. You know, it's not like you're going in public and having sex in the restaurants closed. Well, she should be able to write off her, her rent, you know. Well, she doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Uh, neighbors complain because she's par- apparently very good at her job. She was very, very busy. Sometimes customers lined up down the block. There was a lot of noise going on at one point. Uh, things just got too much for her to handle alone. She had to outsource. Uh, She's like Chick-fil-A. Or, or insource. She brought three other workers to pick up the slack into her apartment. She was warned to stop it and even arrested on multiple charges of indecent exposure. Stop it. You stop it. <laughs> Disorderly conduct. I'm warning you. Stop hooking. And drug possession. She was ultimately tossed out of her apartment and has since set up shop above a massage parlor. So it's probably a little more that, appropriate. Yeah, that's fitting. That's, right. that's on brand. They should be allowed to have like ice cream trucks for adults. Ew. <laughs> you what? mean with hookers? Yeah. Just drive around and play so like a mobile cut off the word ice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, this seems like good news for anyone who's chronically underslept. Having dark circles under your eyes is apparently a new trend. Oh, yeah, sure. So for okay. the first time in my life. I was doing it life, before it was cool. Yeah. I'm trendy, yes. Earlier this year. I was being a space cadet before it was cool. <laughs> a TikToker with three million followers named Sarah Karstens did a makeup tutorial where she added extra shading under her eyes. It went viral, so other people started doing it. And now a bunch of news outlets like Yahoo Style are saying that dark bags are suddenly in vogue. You dark bags better listen to me. listen, dark bags. (laughs) Is that actually true, though? It seems like it is a real trend for young people to make themselves look a little tired. So maybe if you have authentic under-eye bags, you're not quite as trendy. It's like you got to earn these. Yeah. Uh, some people online are pushing to normalize the look and get people to stop covering them up with concealer. Normalize dark bag. Nobody <laughs> wants to see that. Dark bags. Howie Mandel revealing more details about <laughs> what led up to him recently feigning in a Los Angeles area Starbucks. He shared a YouTube video on Thursday saying he was extremely dehydrated because of a recent colonoscopy. Uh, He said he he also started to work immediately following the procedure and noted that he doesn't drink water. Hmm. And also, I just had a colonoscopy. Wait, who who is this? Howie Mandel. He doesn't drink water? That's what he says. I don't know what he drinks. I mean, how do you do a colonoscopy on a guy who won't shake your hand? (laughs) Maybe it's all or nothing with him. <laughs> He's totally fine with the colonoscopy, but don't don't shake his head. I don't have acid. They asked him if fainting was related to the rubber glove he had over his yeah. head, but he said, no, that's not. That's nothing. Wait, 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 wait. Police say two men are facing probation and fines after admitting to urinating on property owned by Dave Chappelle. Court records released yesterday show two men were cited with criminal mischief with a judge ordering them to write a letter of apology to Dave, pay a $100 fine and go on probation for two years. Last weekend, the two men were caught on Chappelle's Yellow Springs, Ohio property. Yellow Springs. (laughs) (laughs) Yellow Springs. I mean, what do you expect when you move there? Uh, they peed on his front gate. Uh, the men at told the judge live in Brownsville, Ohio. They, <laughs> <laughs> they were at the property and re- relieved themselves out of necessity, not malice. Oh, yeah. we, so. we had both just had colonoscopies. That's right. 
Robin Williams' daughter is making it known. She has seen the video of an actor impersonating her father. Zelda Williams took to Twitter recently and requested that followers stop sending her the footage. She noted the portrayal is very good, but receiving a video of her dad reliving one of his saddest days is just weird. Yeah, I agree with her. A hundred percent. This entire thing is weird. So... Uh, the segment features actor Jamie Costa playing the late actor as he learns that John Belushi has died. Like, that guy's an idiot. Because the, the actor guy, he put this out there trying to get people to get interested in a movie. He does an amazing Robin Williams impression. He really does. It's no incredible. Question. But if you're going to pick any moment in time to try to get people excited about a movie, why would you pick the moment when Pam Dauber told him that John Belushi died and freaked him out? Why wouldn't you pick, like, a fun Robin Williams moment to try and get people to go, yeah, we want to see this movie? Nobody wants to see a Robin Williams drama. I disagree. I mean, I want to see it. I just, I think everybody's seen the over-the-top, excited Robin Williams. And for somebody to play sort of like the more quiet, um, nuanced Robin Williams, I mean, just the the, the speaking voice. There's I a mean, movie already, incredible. 2005, the un... Authorized story of Mork and Mindy starring Chris Dianopatopoulos, however you say his name. That actor, the guy, he's like a short guy. He was uh, he was like one of the rich billionaire dudes on Silicon Valley. He played Moe in the Three Stooges movie, too. He did one in 2005. Oh, it wasn't good, though. N- none of them are good. They're, it's not going to be good. It's going to be like, oh, this is so bad. Let's watch it. Did you watch, is it The Mind of Robin Williams, the documentary? Great documentary. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I Phenomenal. read the book, the Itzkoff book, too. It was, it was great. I mean, if it was if it was made like Man on the Moon with Jim Carrey, I think it could be great. I think people would love it. Did that trailer give you the impression it was going to be like The Man on the Moon, or was it going to be more like an ABC like uh, movie of the week? I don't know. I mean, a lot of people liked it. I think it was just a good impression. I don't know. I thought it was just creepy. Forecast today, partly sunny. There is a chance of rain. It doesn't look like it's going to be sunny anytime soon, though. 80 for the high today. It is 66 at DVE. Okay, it's time for our week six picks. Now, last week, Bill and I were both 10, 5, and 1. So listen up. We can make you some money here. Marty Owen won this week. Yeah, we didn't get last night's game because I wasn't here yesterday. Um, All right. Let's go right at it, Bill. Let's do it. The Dolphins at the Jags getting three and a half points in London. Hey, London blokes, were you bothered by the Muppet match last week? Well, get ready to throw a wobbly because you're in for a proper shat show. Dolphins (laughs) are going to take a piss on Jacksonville, and Urban's going to give your undercarriage a little how's your father. I like the Dolphins. Another terrible game in England, in England, two weeks in a row. The worst assault on London since the Blitzkrieg. In 30 years, some guy's going to write his version of The Wall about having to live through this time. Keep calm and change the channel. The Jags have lost 20 in a row. I'm surprised they didn't play this one in France. Take the fins, lay the points. Next! Texans at the Colts, minus 9.5. Usually Colts and Texans are neck and neck for the division, and since the Texans clearly have an advantage in the neck department with Davis Mills, whose neck is so long the offensive coordinator can whisper the plays in his ear while he's in the huddle, (laughs) and the Colts proved last week that they can't cover I like the Texans with the points. Davis Mills is on the road again, and even though he's a Texan, he ain't Willie Nelson. He sucks on the road. Make like Harrison Ford and play Indy. Next! Packers minus four and a half at the Bears. 
Did you know Aaron Rodgers loves the Bears SNL sketch and Deep Dish, and also that he hated the Bills GM Jerry Krause that broke up that Jordan's team, uh, that Jordan team in the '90s? Yeah, he's he's gonna beat whoever the QB is on Sunday when he flirts with you and winks at you by at least a touchdown. Division game. Rodgers still wants to post some thirst traps for all of us. Bears got their win last week. Absolute blowout. And Matt Nagy isn't going to be an untouchable for very long. I still think he's the first coach fired this year. Pack in a route. Next. Chiefs at the Washington football team plus six and a half. Everybody is selling the Kansas City Chiefs as a Super Bowl contender right now. But that's the best time to buy, according to the financial TikToks I've been saving on my phone. In addition to making sound economic decisions, I just can't pick against the Chiefs playing in Washington, D.C., this close to Indigenous Peoples Day. Remember in Fast Times at Ridgemont High when they trashed Forrest Whitaker's car before the big game? Well, the Bills were Spicoli, Mahomes is Charles Jefferson, and the Washington football team is Lincoln High. Chiefs are going to blow out the Washington football team. Next! Vikings minus one at Carolina. Vikings are two and three, but they aren't that bad. Panthers are three and one, but they aren't that good. I think Sam Darnold's five-hour energy drink wore off last week against Philly, and I think Kissing Cousins is going to give him mono on Sunday, taking the Vikes. The Panthers got embarrassed at home last week. That's why I think that, like a lap dancer at a strip club, they'll bounce back against the Purple Helmets. Next! (laughs) Chargers plus three at the Ravens. I think the Chargers might win the AFC North this year. Lamar's been carrying the team since week two, and I think his legs finally buckle, and they lose or win by those gross hairs on his chinny-chin-chin and don't cover, taking the bolts and the points. Chargers, uh, you know, this is the game of the week. Herbert and Lamar, were they the ones that sang Reunited? Of course not. (laughs) They're not an R&B duo. They're a QB duo and probably the best two in the league. If the wire is any indication, they're used to shootouts in Baltimore, but this one goes to the Chargers on the money line. Next! Bengals minus three at the Lions. Dan Campbell started this season by promising to bite people's kneecaps off, and he cried last week. He drinks a gallon of coffee every day, but caffeine won't fix what's wrong in Detroit. Even though Burrow got throat punched last week and can't talk, the Lions are a mess and the Bengals will win. Dan Campbell drinks 95 ounces of caffeine a day. Maybe that affects your emotional stability, coach. I mean, in Motown, even the clown that Smokey Robinson sang about waited till nobody else was around. If Burrow's neck is okay this week, Dan Campbell might need a fainting couch. Bangles all day. Next! Rams at the Giants plus 10.5. Losing by 24 to the Cowboys was bad, but they lost Danny Dimes, Saquon Barkley, and Kenny Galladay. To put that in Steelers' terms, that's like losing Big Ben, Najee Harris, and Deontay Johnson out this week. And they have Gruden's favorite backup at quarterback, Glennon. Rams by a million points. No Danny Dimes, no Saquon, no chance. Giants throw Mike Lennon to the Wolves. He only beats the Steelers. He won't see the end zone Sunday. Rams lay the points. Next! (laughs) Cardinals at the Browns, minus two and a half. When you're barely tall enough to ride the Thunderbolt and you run around outside the pocket, the big, fast, scary men try to hurt you, and that happened last year. It's happening again this year. If he's healthy, I love the cards, but he's not, so I like the Browns at home. Hunt and Chubb sound like a couple of detectives that are always pissing off their police chief who's too old for this bleep. But I think they'll control the clock and solve the case of how to beat the Cardinals. Win at home. Take the Browns. Next! 
Uh, this is Raiders Broncos minus three and a half. Broncos minus three and a half. Does distraction exist? Because if it does, Raiders should lose this game by 30 points. And aside from the inexcusable language and a poor infuse they can fade, the worst thing that Gruden did was reveal that Raiders players are empathetic, level-headed, good-natured human beings. He made people that play for the Raiders likable, and that's unforgivable to me. I'm taking the Broncos at home. New head coach Rich Basaccia is going to be too busy deleting the last 10 years of his emails to get these guys ready to play. Gruden's son Deuce is still the Raiders strength coach. That's not awkward, is it? Fazem might be wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt with a rainbow on it and ask everyone if they want to go watch the NBA game at his house that night. WNBA. Damn it. Blew the joke. Ah! Wasn't good enough to begin with. Two weeks ago, I'd have taken the Raiders, but it ain't two weeks ago. Take the Broncos. Next! Cowboys and the Pats. Cowboys minus four. The Cowboys offense is going to give Steve Belichick hives to go with his face Tourette's. He'll be tongue windshield wiping phantom chews out of his bottom lip and squint (laughs) flinching after the moon hits his eye like a big pizza pie because the Dak Pack is going to score 35 this week, and that's a more than enough to cover. Probably the two most deplorable owners in the NFL meet head to Botoxed Head in Boston. Dak is so good right now. I don't care what kind of Revenge of the Nerd style surveillance system the hood is installed in the visitor's locker room. The Pats are going to get rubbed out like insert your own Robert Kraft joke here. Next! Seahawks come to Pittsburgh minus four and a half. OM Geno Smith. This is Geno, not the Machino. This is Gino, the backup Cubino, and the Steelers need to make some milkshakes and do their best Russian impression. That's R-U-S-H-I-N for like 125 yards. I am run the game. Taking the Steelers. If we lose to Geno Smith, Keith Butler should get fired before he gets to the daggum locker room. This is a gift from the football god. Steelers get to 500 in a game that'll go late but make it worth waking up Monday morning to hear the highlights. Black and daggum gold all day. Next! Monday Night Football Bills at the Titans. Titans plus five and a half. Bills have been embarrassing everyone they've played this season that was not the Pittsburgh Steelers and even though Josh Allen looks like he showers at a gas station, he's been throwing trucker bombs on DBs all season long and treating defenses like lot lizards. Look it up. Bills keep on trucking this week and win and cover. Nashville chicken is hot, but the Titans are not. Their defense is less frightening than a school board meeting in Nashville. Josh Allen continues on his MVP pace. Bills roll, which sounds like terrible sushi. Don't order that. <laughs> Take the Bills. And that's it. We were 10-5-1 last week, both of us. So, uh, you know, listen to us or don't. Figure out the ones that were just used for jokes and the ones that we really think are good picks. That's up to you. (laughs) Mike's got your sports when we return, plus the preamble to kick off between the Steelers and Seahawks coming up on ER.com slash radio. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Sports Time brought to you by your neighborhood Ford store. We got a lead with the Tampa Bay Lightning at the Red Wings last night this hour. Just to give you a little context on where we are as a society relative to sports gambling. The Lightning trailed the Red Wings 6-3 to in the latter stages of the third period. Then got goals at 13-43, 16-25, and 17-41 to send it to overtime. Then won it at 2-43, the extra session. Steve Stamkos... 
public for the record reaction afterward, and I quote, whoever had Tampa Bay Lightning money line down 6-3, he's probably pretty happy, right? He said that? He said that. Well, they have betting in the arenas now. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's ever-present. Gamblers and pot smokers are living in a glorious age, but and it, it, pretty much everyone else. An NHL player talking about a uh, come-from-behind money line cover. It's a beautiful thing. And by the way, the pick segment, again, tremendous. Bill, appreciate the Davis Mills neck joke game. You keep finding variations on that theme. But uh, as far as Randy's World War II jokes, including, you know, they lose so much it should be played in France. To quote the great Bill Cowher, who will be honored with the rest of the Steelers' most recent Hall of Famers this weekend. Never have I been more prouder. (laughs) (laughs) prouder. Never have I been more prouder. That's an actual quote. Is that a coward? That's so funny. It's my second favorite coward quote of all time, along with the one he issued before a preseason game one time. The starters will start. (laughs) How could they not? (laughs) By definition. Spoiler alert. Well, uh, last night, the starter closed in uh, Los Angeles, as yeah. I understand it. But the closers closed. will start. Mm-hmm. The, the starters, starters will close. Steelers going to host the Seahawks on Sunday night. And, uh, you know, a few storylines, as there always are. Russell Wilson not playing, being the most prominent of those. But for the Steelers, this comes down to one thing. Uh, they got to borrow a page from the Raiders and just win, baby. Here's defensive coordinator Keith Butler. Yeah, we're two and three, and that's the emphasis. Uh, I mean, we got to get to three and three. We can't get get way behind on this on this deal because we you know we play in a tough division. If you look at uh, what the other guys in our division are doing to keep up with them, we can't mess around. We got to we got to uh, win some games. We don't have any any leeway or, or days off or anything like that. That's not going to happen with us because we are, we can't afford it and get and get in the playoffs. Okay, so. Uh, the the biggest thing is what is our record? It's two and three. It's not that I'm, you know, five and one or six and zero oh or something like that. It's not that. So we got to we got to play. Doesn't matter who's over there. It's all about what we do and how successful we are in terms of uh, trying to do what we're trying to do defensively. He is right on the money. If they can beat the Seahawks without Russell Wilson, which they should, and I don't think Geno Smith is not incapable. It's not like some rookie or nobody or guy who's right. never done anything. I mean, he's a veteran guy. He hasn't played a ton, but you don't hang around this league eight years, even as a backup, without having some bona fides. But it's not Russell Wilson. You don't have to worry about mm-hmm. Geno Smith doing a miracle and stealing the game from you in agonizing fashion. Right. Just, just do your thing. Play your, play your stuff. Cover your bases. Be on your details. Do what you do, and you should be better than these guys, who also are bringing the worst defense in the NFL to Pittsburgh. The Steelers' defense is due for some splash, aren't they, Mike? Yeah. Just hasn't been there this year. Might be uh, a night where a lot of things conspire, and if they can get to 3-3, three and three, they have a chance to at least talk about fighting to eventually get a playoff spot. If they're... Two and four after this one, I shudder to think what we'll be talking about next week, given all those circumstances. Hey, we man. We don't want you shuddering. 
This is uh, the the planets have aligned for yes. the Steelers here, and you have to take advantage of this. The break is uh, coming their way, and they got to take advantage of it. Uh, Penguins blew a four to two lead in the third period last night. The latter stages of the third period wound up losing to the Panthers five four in overtime. Yeah, they got three out of four points on a two game road trip to Tampa and Florida. I think uh, part of that uh, opening night win was Tampa Bay just not showing up and playing horrifically bad. Um, they cannot afford to be letting two goal leads in the third period get away. That is not going to serve them in the regular season. It's not going to help get them to the playoffs, and if they get there, it's certainly not going to work there. Not panicking. Not panicking, but disappointing that we talked about structure and playing the right way. and They didn't listen to us. Figuring out who they are <laughs> and what their identity had to be, and then they go out and do that last night. Bastards. Uh, do better Saturday night against the Blackhawks in the home opener. Dodgers beat the Giants 2-1 to one in Game 5 of the uh, NL Division Series. That was the one between the 107-win Giants and the 106-win Dodgers. Cody Bellinger, RBI single in the top of the ninth, and then Max Scherzer closes it out. Dodgers move on to play Atlanta. The uh, American League Championship Series begins tonight. Red Sox at the Astros, 8 7 uh, Dodgers are at the Braves tomorrow at 8.07. That'll be preceded by game two of the Red Sox-Astros. Pitt is at Virginia Tech tomorrow afternoon, 3.30. Panthers are 4-1, 1-0 and in the ACC. Tech is 3-2, and 1-0 and in the ACC. Tech is hard to play against in Blacksburg. That is a, a true test for Pat Narduzzi, Kenny Pickett, and Pitt. What do you think Kenny Pickett's going to end up getting drafted? He might be one of the top three guys coming out, right? Might be. He's uh, trending very well so far, but it's halfway. He's like Van Wilder. Isn't this his eighth year of college? Let's see how he does uh, Saturday. And beyond. We'll get a shot at Clemson, and who knows what they might accomplish. Or not. If it's typical Pitt, this is where you're tripping ball if this is if this is a different pit team they get on there and win and it would be a huge win pit's a five-point favorite this is that's a good team play great at home it's a really tough place to play top three sounds a little too high (laughs) i might have overrated like top three players or top three quarterbacks Quarterbacks. i might have overrated them a little bit i don't know that quarterback market seems to really be fluctuating this year at least yeah you know according he to was all definitely always he's been a top 10 guy most of the year but. according to all the people who gauge this none of whom actually work for nfl teams plus after he wins the heisman an nfl scout told dane brugler the athletic picket is on a kirk cousins like trajectory so what's that third round i don't know but it means he's Probably not vaccinated. You Dame, like that? Dame Brugler's pretty uh, pretty solid. Hey, you want to go see the Penguins at their home opener on Saturday night? Call now. Be caller number. What would we do? 88 for Fryermuth? Let's do 87 for Sid. 333-WDVE. <laughs> Why do you hate Joe so much? Well, it's a long commercial break. Well, he doesn't actually take 88 calls. He just takes two or three and says, congratulations, you're number 87. That would be fraud, Mike, and Who that's knows? why he doesn't do Who that. Who would know? No, that's fraudulent. Fraudulent behavior. Yeah. These things get audited. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtains. Right. He has taken. Caller 87-333-WDVE. You'll see the pens Saturday night, courtesy of the DVE Morning. Congrats to Aaron with an A in Greensburg. 
Aaron wins the tickets for Saturday night's Penguins game. All right, Aaron. The Penguins at home. Tuesday night, by the way, will be the Mike Lang appreciation night, which we're all going to be there for that. Very much looking forward to Can't it. Can't wait. And uh, Sean Collier's been hanging with us this morning live in studio from Pittsburgh Magazine, and I understand you have something to pimp. As as always, uh, tomorrow night at Edgewood, Ry- Edgewood Winery, great Steel City comedy tour show. That'll be in Spring Church, Pennsylvania, which I assume is between Summer Temple and Autumn Mosque. Spring Church, Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's the kind of clever comedy yes. you can expect tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. uh, great show. And other than that, for most of the month, I will be at the world-famous Scarehouse, where after about 20 years of threatening to do so, I have become a full-time haunt actor this season. So come down and Ooh. we'll get, get your pants scared off at the Scarehouse in Pittsburgh Mills Mall. Good stuff right there. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't wait for Scarehouse. I'm going this year. Yeah, it's a, it's a good... You would never know you're in a former H&M, and I mean that. <laughs> they do such a good job with the scenery that you walk into Pittsburgh Mills Mall, and a minute later, you're in, you know, some circle of hell. It's it's dazzling what they can do. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sunday night, of course, we have the Steelers and the Seahawks. 4.30, we start our pregame here with Tim Bensdale, Lolly Rub King, and then... The network cranks up with Mike Pursuta, Jerry Dulac, Bob Labriola before Craig Wolfley, Bob Oof. or Bill Hillgrove rather, Max Starks, Missy Matthews. Call all the action Sunday night football. Steelers hoping to get to three and three. Getting you set for that right now. Mike Pursuta with the preamble to Sunday's kickoff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, PJ. Is this a karaoke PJ though, or do you? Okay. The NFL is recognized from Atlanta to Seattle as a week-to-week league, not just because teams play once a week on most occasions, but also because it matters immensely in which particular week the games are staged. The Steelers undoubtedly can relate. They get the Seahawks this week, but without Russell Wilson at QB. And for the Seahawks, that's got to be just shy of inconceivable. Imagine Pearl Jam, but without Eddie Vedder. Envision a Frasier Crane show that opens with a pretentious but unanticipated, Hello, Seattle, I'm not listening. (laughs) Contemplate a piping hot cup of Seattle's best, except it's decaf for crying out loud. Supersonics guard Slick Watts without the headband. Triple Crown winner Seattle Slew without jockey Jean Kruger. The Pike Place Fish Market, except they just ran out of salmon. A Boeing 747, but with no jet engine. It's been since January the 1st, 2012, that the Seahawks have played a game started by someone other than Wilson under center. And it's never happened previously in Wilson's Seahawks tenure. Remember Tarveris Jackson? Didn't think so. It was, after all, 149 regular season games ago and 165 games in succession, counting the playoffs. No one envisioned Wilson's disappearance when the schedules were released. Do you believe in miracles? And are you ready for some football? Pete Carroll has no doubt been preaching next man up to his team as fervently as he was selling backup quarterback Geno Smith to the media. Carroll has no alternative. In the NFL, you have to play them when they're scheduled with whatever you have available, whether they're ready for prime time or not. Even if your chances of adequately replacing a future Hall of Famer are akin to finding a space needle in a haystack. Even if, instead of Pearl Jam, 
you're stuck with Mother Love Bone. Nice. Yeah, Mike. Let's go. Mother Love Bone, not that bad. I was just going to say, you're going to get texts from people going, you know, Mother Love Bone's actually pretty good. So the point was two Pearl Jam guys. Yeah, mother not, Love Bone to pick with you. Not the whole ensemble. <laughs> yeah, but you'd be lucky to stuck with them because they can jam. R.I.P. Andrew, what's his name, that died from that band? Wood? Yeah, good call. Yeah. I also uh, want to point out that do, do You Believe in Miracles thing was a tribute to Al Michaels, who is not doing Sunday Night Football this week. It's Mike Tarico. And uh, the people that write about this stuff think he's going to Amazon or whatever streaming service is going to end up doing Thursday night games. So yeah. he's not doing this Sunday? Yeah. Well, that's kind of weird. I think Al Michaels not on Sunday night football is a crime. I agree with you. Is is it going to be Collinsworth and Tarico? Is he going to space? Al Michaels one of the all-time greats. Yeah. All right, he's the best. All right, that's it for us. Special thanks, Sean Collier, for being here. Thanks to Sean Casey, Pat Fryermuth, Muth, the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Sunday night football here on DVE. Bud Light game party that blue. Bud Light game day bar of the week. <laughs> What was it took it? me all day to have my sickness catch up with me here. It's blah, 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 blah in blood dogs. <laughs> yes, it's bird dogs in Natrona Heights. <laughs> bird dogs in Natrona Heights this NFL season. Enjoy $2 Bud Light 16-ounce drafts during all Steeler games. Bud Light for the fans. Uh, also, thanks to Dave Damashek for joining us. Anything you missed that you want to hear back, you can listen to the DBE Morning Show podcast available with the iHeart app, DV.com, but really anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us start to finish DV Morning Show podcast brought to you by Bordis and Bordis. Let's get to W. Let's get to 500 on Sunday night. We'll uh, be back here Monday yes. morning, super tired like the rest of you, but hopefully reveling in the Steelers making a two week comeback to restore, to salvage the season. Celebrating 500. Let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, again, well, not celebrating being 500, celebrating what looks like it's trending in the right direction. It's almost one of those things like when remember when everybody on the Ravens had COVID, and we're like, ah, we're going to kill them. I don't want to get yeah. the tortoise in the hare situation going again. No, nah, they're going to have to play and function and execute, but they don't have to worry about some jag off pulling a miracle. Throw the ball to Pat Fryermuth. Smooth. A lot. See you guys at the Thunderbird tonight. Playing Grateful Dead two sets with the cause. Looking forward to it. 8 o'clock. Whiskey Gents open it up. Anybody that wants to get their dead on, we'll see you there. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Oh, you say ah at the end of the ride. Mm-hmm.